Due to the adult subject matter of the following program, some listeners may find the content offensive, outrageous, or unsuitable. You know, like religious freaks, uptight losers, or little wussy mama's boys. Please listen responsibly. You're listening to The Vocal Minority with Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. <laughs> mm. Hot. How much time? You're on. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. That is good. You're on the air. How are you? You look awfully nice tonight. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time until we're on? What? We're on the air right now. Oh. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> it still sounds like shit, but that's okay. <laughs> Let's push through it, shall we? Keep it moving. Sorry, everyone. We're having technical problems here in our fancy home studios. Go figure. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Usually the vocal minority with Nick and Steve is a seamless production. I say even with flaws, we're still flawless. You know, what's that? Aww. I love all your perfect imperfections, Nick. That's just how I feel about you. So. Uh, I feel the same. And Brewski, uh, well, we'll talk later. Right. <laughs> how is everybody to- today? Here we are, the vocal minority with Nick and Steve, September 19, 2022 recording edition number four episode number four and nick i'm used to hearing you gargle and that's a whole other story though so if you cut in and out it's all right you're used to hearing it am i still doing it no 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 just making not even getting to enjoy it dude we were garbled a little there at the beginning but now we're fine so don't worry about it here's the thing i realized no one will know if this if any errors are on our end or if when they're listening back their their device might be lagging or gargling so i say just ignore it push through it we're fine (laughs) We'll see what we can do. All right. Yeah. It's the vocal minority back for episode number four, uh, broadcasting from uh, Lake Tahoe, California here, Nixon, Seattle, Washington in 1996. And Brewski's in in Boston. So we're spanning the country as always. Yeah. We're doing it up right today. Let's just cover what we're going to go over on the show today, because last weekend we had a online dating expert on, uh, we went over a lot of information. You can catch it on the last episode, but there was a promise that she would come back today. And uh, yeah, so we've got yes. two guests coming on today. We've got uh, Julie Spira coming back on. Uh, she's going to critique my online dating profiles, and um, that should be both embarrassing and fun, hopefully for everyone. Not for me, of course, but hopefully for all of you. And um, and she had given me homework to go to a practice date. So I did that, and we're going to discuss that as well. Well, good for you that you got one that quick. That's great. Oh, dude, I got them lining up. I mean, come on. Oh, all right. <laughs> eh, somewhat. But, yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I put my hook in the internet dating pool, and, uh, you know, we got some nibbles. So, yeah, we. Uh, I, I did a practice coffee day. We can talk all about that later. I yeah, couldn't get ahead. a chick to, to call me back. Gave her my phone number, gave her my phone number, and she said, well, you know, I'm, I'm at home really sick with COVID. And I was like, all right. And then, and then she, and I said, well, you know, you can, how about, you know, we text a little bit. And she's like, well, maybe when I'm feeling a little bit better. 
okay, even if you're in bed sick with COVID, you can text if you really want to. <laughs> dude, so, there, wow, dude. That's there, crazy. Are, there are so many games going on in online dating with ghosting and limited connection, and I'm serious and I'm not serious. I mean, it is such a pain in the ass. So I feel uh, you. I feel you. Yeah. I had one woman. We I we'd been chatting and chatting and chatting, and then I got the guts. I was like, hey, maybe we should meet for a cup of coffee or a glass of water. And she writes back, like, oh, a glass of water. That's so funny. And then I haven't heard from her since. <laughs> so. You heard from other people, however, that uh, were even stranger than that. Uh, are yeah. you able to talk about that the text you received from some weird EDM girl? Uh, I don't know if she was EDM. Are you talking about the suicide? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I had a woman who her profile said she was sober and she's I actually referenced oh. her last week about saying like sober. That's kind of, you know, oof, like not even Super Bowl. We can't have a beer. And we were just casually chatting back and forth. And then all of a sudden gays go by and she messages me and she's like, you want to meet me in the middle of nowhere in Nevada and do some naked sunbathing? And I'm like, wait, what? Like we were just chatting and now all of a sudden it's let's drive a six hour round trip in the middle of nowhere, Nevada and go naked sunbathing. Huh. And I was like, well, you got my attention. Let's keep talking. But then she disappeared for hours. Then she came back late at night with incoherent texts that oh. referenced an Imagine Dragons song about addiction and suicide. I thought the woman was going to kill herself. And then oh boy, the next day she was back and just like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, are you really sober? She's like, I am now. I'm like, <laughs> 12 hours? Like, So, yeah, it's... It's she crazy. fell off the wagon. She did. So, did you lose her number? I mean, are you you're done with her, right? I, I didn't have her number. The she tried to call me once, and I tried calling her when I thought she was going to kill herself. But that's all through the app, so I don't have her actual mm. phone number. So who knows? What app is that? Uh, that's Bumble. That was that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, so we're going to talk to Julie. We'll get an update on all of that stuff. Uh, and then we have a guest who's actually in our lobby in our waiting room here. He's ready to go. Okay. Um, so we'll, 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 why don't we set him up? We'll, we'll do this interview. We'll probably just need to jump in with Julie right after that. And then we can all do our chit chatting and shenanigans later after that. Does that sound good? It sounds yeah. fantastic, dude. Let's do this. This next guest I'm really excited for. I think, uh, Bruski, uh, is this, this is the guest that's going to talk to us about, uh, the Alexa, the phones listening to us. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we've got a cybersecurity expert coming on because this has come up a lot. It came up on the show a week ago, but it's come, it comes up in my life all the time about, you know, our phones spying on us. We know that our phones do, but how far does it really go on? Is it really eavesdropping? Is it just, I mean, what is it? So this came up last week and I've got this, uh, uh, I've got Alex Hammerstone from TrustedSec.com coming on. So I don't know. I got some questions for the guy and I, I figured we'd just kind of see see what the real scoop is as far as how much your phone spying. Yeah, I think it's fascinating, dude. And it's obviously a question over our household a lot, but are we bringing not only phones into this, but like Alexa and Google devices, stuff like that? Are we yes. covering the whole gamut? Yeah. I okay. put it all under the same umbrella because Siri's on my phone. I'd like to know how much she's really listening and Alexa and all that stuff. So yeah. So whatever cybersecurity, it's, it's what's spying on us and what's the good and the bad and et cetera. So let's do it all right so let's uh let's bring our guest in we can all uh say hello to him i refuse all right um this is a fun part of zoom it's you know the old days we had producers answering phones so all right alex are you hey. there hey how's it going all right hey, hey. 
Alex, <laughs> welcome to the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Uh, it's great to have you on the air with us today, dude. It's a pleasure to be on. Very good. We were just uh, talking about this. That um, First of all, this is Alex Hammerstone with Trusted Sec. Uh, TrustedSec.com. Is that the uh, correct website for you, Alex? That's correct. All right. So we're always talking about this. Like, you know, we know our phones spy on us, quote unquote, but to what extent and what are the good, the bad and all that kind of stuff. So we brought you on here. You're a designated cyber expert. Can you tell us, I guess, what uh, what your background is? So we uh, so we know we can trust your trusted answers. Sure. <laughs> so, so currently I work as an information security consultant uh, for a company called Trusted Sec. I've been there close to 10 years. Uh, we work with organizations to help them assess and build information security programs. So we have a lot of what we think of as ethical hackers, people that break into systems under contract mm. and then help organizations kind of fix the problems they saw. Um, prior to that, I worked for a, a software startup for a number of years in security and compliance roles. And before that, I was also in uh, security consulting. So I've been around the industry a while, worked with a lot of clients from sole proprietorships uh, to multiple members of the Fortune 50. Nice. Right on. All right. So, uh, yeah, Alex, I guess try to answer me in, uh, I guess, general terms. Like, are our phones spying on us, quote unquote? Absolutely all the time, but probably <laughs> not in the, the ways that most of us think, right? You know, uh, yeah, spying is kind of a loaded word. Yes. And so when you think of spying, you're probably thinking of, um, you know, something maliciously listening to you without your permission. And all that's possible. Somebody could install something on your phone or, or what have you. In general, most of the spying is is with our implicit permission because uh, we're signing away our rights all the time with these user agreements. And I think people would be absolutely blown away if they knew just how much information is out there about each of us. Yeah. Those uh, security agreements are the, you know, uh, the rules of whatever. Am I really supposed to read those things? So that's a great question. I guess technically, yes. But there was a performance art piece uh, a few years ago where somebody printed out uh, all the end user license agreements from some of the most common sites and services that we use. And just to see it visually, the number of pages. And if you were to try to read all those, I, I forget <laughs> the exact numbers, but they kind of calculated how long it would take somebody. Yeah. And even if you can understand and interpret all the legalese, just the amount of time to read all that is pretty much impossible for any of us. It's kind of a joke almost. Like we have to click to agree upon it, but none of us are going to really read it. So none of us truly understand what we're agreeing to. That's true. Although there are organizations out there, uh, you know, nonprofits that do look through those things and study them and hopefully raise the alarm for anything that it's really egregious, but I hate to tell you, you know, the longer I'm in, on the consumer side of this business is people just don't care. People just really aren't that worried. You know, I like yeah. to say, you know, would, would you spend more on a, a product, the exact same product from an organization that really valued your privacy um, or not? Right. I mean, it's, it reminds me a lot of airlines. Everyone complains about the narrow seats. You know, they're too short. I'm six, three. So I hate it. But when the airlines offer, uh, you know, bigger seats for more money, nobody buys them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. What people say they want and what their actions look like tend to uh, really be the opposite. Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, people care as much as they, uh, as they should until it's too late, right? Until they've been hacked. And then maybe they'll, you know, have a different practice about what they go with, how much they'll pay for their security. I've been there. I bet, I, you know, I, I definitely... Treated more serious now because I have been hacked and it sucks. Yeah, but even beyond being hacked, like for me on Facebook, I know there's a way for me to shut off them following me. But as soon as I do that, then they're not recommending videos they know I would like or, you know, targeted ads that I am actually want. So I don't know, Alex, should we care? Should it just be like, who? I'm one of a zillion points of data they have. 
It's that's a tough question. And, and really anything in our digital lives, it's it, it really is an exercise and is it worth it, right? Even think about the, the the connected devices in our homes, you know, for some people, for me, I love that the dryer alerts my phone when it's finished, right? Because stuff mm. comes out hot, you you can hand iron it, saves you some trouble, right? But other things that people connect to the internet really for no reason, you know, are you really getting a benefit out of it? And it's the same thing with social media, right? Um, you know, there's a recent case where, you know, somebody was, I, I believe, murdered, um, you know, in a restaurant because they had posted their location on social media and they, you know, then they, they were, um, you know, had some expensive items on or things like that. So you just have to ask yourself, mm-hmm. is it worth it to share this information for the benefit that I get? I can't answer that for anyone. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You know, Nick's talking about getting hacked and I'm just talking about regular, you know, surfing Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Are you any more likely to get hacked by somebody, you know, up to no good if you are agreeing to these terms and services or are those two different categories? That's a complicated question. Uh, I could probably talk for a few hours on it. (laughs) And it, it, it really depends, right? I mean, the more information that we're giving out, the, the more information that hackers can use to target us. Uh, you know, obviously there are cases, you know, if you're a public figure or, you know, a certain situation, somebody may come directly after you. But a lot of times the hacking and the scamming is a numbers game. So they'll send the same, you know, fake text message to a million people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mother-in-law was actually here today and, you know, she asked me if something was a scam. And it was from a bank she doesn't use. I'm like, well, probably it's a scam, right? But if you send that to a million people, then some percent are going to actually bank there. Right. So, so it really depends. Uh, you know, but as I said, just the amount of information out there that leads people to think they're being spied on, it's usually because you already gave them the information they needed to to you know make that connection. Right. I've wondered that sometimes on Facebook. Like, let's say I was just talking about taking a trip to Mexico, and then a few days later I see an ad. Was it really eavesdropping, or am I just in an algorithm where they know I went to Mexico once, it's been a few years now, so it's just sort of a coincidence that they're predicting me? So a couple ways to answer that. Um, you, you know, one of the things you got to keep in mind, there's some confirmation bias to it. So you may see 10,000 ads in a week mm-hmm. and two of them are related to things you talked about. Right. And and we ignore the rest of the ads. Right. right? The that they stand out, though, because I feel I talked about it. They stand out. And then it's, it's uh, gosh, I'd have to look. But it was a long time ago. There was an article you know, called, you know, Facebook, know you're pregnant before you do, right? Because it was a a case where, you know, somebody's father got really angry because his daughter was getting ads for baby products. And it turns out she was actually pregnant, right? And they don't necessarily know how they know, but it's just, they can start to take these pieces of data, right? I mean, there's some simple things like, hey, you got married a year ago and you bought tickets, you know, for a honeymoon a month ago, maybe you're (laughs) pregnant, right? They can make that association. And so, you know, there are a lot of ways that they can start to piece together information and really get a whole picture about you. Well, so then let me ask the big question we've all been asking. Is is your phone, is Siri or Alexa, are they actively eavesdropping and do they take keywords to send for ads or whatever it is? Is that a thing? If you give them permission. Uh, so there's a lot of things in the settings. You know, generally no, um, you know, especially to those specific kind of um, digital assistants. You know, they, they do have to be listening, right, to catch the keywords. Yeah. And there have been various stories, you know, about how much that information is retaining and, and things like that. 
But in general, and this is there's a big, you know, a big qualifier to it. The answer is no. Right. I mean, it's they, they don't need to. Right. So why would you have this huge scandal of spying on millions of people when you don't need to? Because people will just give you all the information you need as a marketer. They'll just give it right to you. Right. Nick, was it Nick or Bruce? Which one of you were telling me the story about the the people that, you know, have a job listening and it leads to depression and all that? What, who was that? I, I did. That, that was when I worked at Verizon. So what what was it? So they they have these this room where they have people who monitor content, and they they had a sign on the door on the outside of it that that said that you know um, if you went in there you would possibly see you know nudity or violence and objectionable something that someone might find objectionable and that they actually had people in there who monitored all those contents and that um, they had um, mandatory counseling sessions at certain times and, and that, that sort of thing. And that they had a lot of problems because they with... were actively listening to, was it when people were asking Alexa something or the, are you saying that Alexa was just recording and they were listening to the raw recordings? No, no, it was, it was, it was internet. It was internet just content on the internet. It wasn't, it wasn't listening to people, but that's no. a whole different, that's exactly. a whole different thing. Uh, Steve, I mean, you, uh, you heard from somebody that their daughter had a job yep. that, actually listen to people from Alexa and transcribed or translated. Isn't well, that what you said? Yeah. So I just met a woman whose daughter is bilingual, had lived in Europe. So and she was saying, Alex, that her job, she's in Spain and she, she listens to Alexa recordings in Spanish to translate better into English for the coder so they can interpret Spanish better, but she's listening. To, is any of this sound accurate? True. Are people really doing any of this? So oftentimes with a story like that, what it is, is that you can voluntarily share your information, right? So I may choose to, you know, allow a, a service like Amazon or, or somebody else to use my recordings to create a better user experience. And people are oftentimes compensated for that or given free products, right? I mean, it's it, that that's how a lot of, you know, translation or local localization happens, uh, that people are willing to give samples. You know, it's a little bit analogous to, you know, when you're installing something on your phone or computer and it says, you know, do you want to share crash data, you know, to, with mm -hmm. Apple or something like that. But generally, uh, again, it, it's, is it possible? Yes. But really you think about these multi-billion dollar corporations, you know, they, again, they just, they have so much information about us. They have all your purchasing history, right. you know, think about all your shopper cards at the supermarket. Think about all the things that you're using a, a credit card for. Think about all the things you search, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Now, one thing that's kind of fascinating is if you just email a picture of, let's say a bicycle to yourself, you'll start getting bike ads, right? Because you are, you, they, you're giving them permission by using that free email uh, program mm. to look at your images and kind of see what's in there. But again, it comes down to people just giving up their privacy. Right. I, I want to point out how disturbing what Alex just said is. He's basically saying they don't need to sit there and eavesdrop on you because they have all the data they need <laughs> already. So if you're worried about them eavesdropping, he's saying that's the least of your concerns. They know everything about you already. They don't need to pay someone to sit there and listen to you. So sleep better at night. The only real <laughs> issue of all of this that I'm I'm uh, curious or very curious about is I watch a lot of like crime documentaries and crime TV. And now here's the case where, like, uh, if I have a suspect, I can go get a warrant, right, to track their phone or see who they've been calling, see their text messages. Can they do that with Alexa and Google to 
listen to these people in their home if they got a warrant for it? So that that's a specific legal question. I'm not sure. Um, I believe they'd be able to subpoena records, though. You know, you, you see it all the time in court cases where they bring up the search history. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're if, if you're if you're planning a crime, I'm not you know, I'm not encouraging crime. Sure. But maybe don't encourage <laughs> bury a body right because they're going to go back and and see that you know i think people forget that everything that you do online is tracked and available and again it's not a you know some conspiracy it's well known and something that people are agreeing to with these services but but to your specific example i don't know i mean i'd have to imagine you know in some issue of national security that they could get your turn your alexa or something into a um into a um microphone with you know the the proper court permissions but i'm not i'm not sure about that one uh, yeah what about the notion that hackers can take over your camera and see you so that's absolutely possible as well. Um, you know, so the, the best advice I can give you on that one is electrical tape or something wow. like that, right? I mean, because you can't defeat electrical tape. With, uh, you know, there's a, um, a it, it's been out for a while, but there was, I think it was Mark Zuckerberg was being interviewed for something a few years ago and he had a piece of tape over his camera, right? Wow. I mean, it's, you know, so, but yes. And, and again, it's, it's, if you think about it, you know, we're using our computers right now and we have the camera turned on. And so anything that software can do by um, that, that you want it to do, then a hacker can generally also make it do that you don't want it to. Now, now, not to say that's common or it's simple, but a lot of the times when you're downloading free software or, or doing certain things, you may be giving those permissions to that software. Yeah. I do that on my dashboard when my check engine light comes on. So I guess it is going to do with my web camera <laughs> now too. For me, it's the tire pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Alex Hammerstone from TrustedSec.com, cybersecurity expert. We're trying to figure out to what extent is your phone, your laptop, and everything else uh, spying on you. Uh, Alex, I've noticed of late um, that every website I go to now says that we, you know, we use third-party cookies, and you have to click accept. Should you be doing that? Is there any way around it? If you don't want to do it, what are these websites collecting on us? So generally, yes, there are a number of different types of cookies, right? Some that only follow you around for that session, some that, you know, have have a lot more persistence and will follow you around websites. You know, there's a reason that when you go out to a certain website, you're seeing, you know, ads based on what you searched on Facebook or what have you, right? A lot of that stuff's connected and, and follows you around and not to oversimplify it. But when you start to, you know, look at how cookies are used, it helps them to know like which website pages you've already read, right? So it's not going to suggest the same thing or you see it kind of a different color of the link. And so again, a lot of these things, I, I want to choose my words carefully, but they're actually good as a user, right? Right. They do I mean, help in rather, a lot of ways. Right. Would you rather see ads for stuff you might actually buy or, you know, ads for something you'd never buy, et cetera. But generally, if you don't accept cookies, your user experience across the internet is going to be a lot um, less pleasant. Um, you know, and you can use, you know, certain things like incognito mode or, or things on a browser for a certain site you don't want using cookies with the huge caveat that it doesn't make you as incognito as you think. Right. But there are ways to avoid the cookies. Um, you probably don't want to do this. But if you were to go into your browser right now and delete all your cookies, you're going to have to go log back into all these sites you're used to getting onto. You're going to lose all your, you know, reading history and whatever else. Is that an intentional thing? The tech companies, they, they almost make it too good and that we want to sign up for these, you know, cookies and tracking because there's advantages to it. Should we be like going above them and saying you should give them the advantages without tracking? It would be tough to do though, without 
cookie specifically, right? I mean, it, it's, you know, from a technical standpoint, they don't need to be nefarious, right? I mean, they really can just help the user session. Um, you know, it's kind of what they do when they start to track you across multiple sites that that they start to get a much better picture of what you're doing. Yeah. Most of the time when I go to a web page that says like, hey, we do cookies, accept it here. If I just keep browsing and don't even click on it, it's I'm not accepting, right? I'm still able to browse. So it's just not tracking me. Is that right? In general, yes. And I said, I want to be really careful how I use terms like tracking and, and sure. everything else. Because you got to remember, you know, your your computer really has a footprint or a sorry, a fingerprint, um, even if they don't know your name or whatever it is, because it has your IP in general, um, you know, your, the address you're coming from. Uh, it knows the operating system, what version it is. It can see what versions of other software it has. So even without your name or, you know, your email or, or a cookie, it can still take all those factors and get a pretty good idea of who you are and, and whether you've been there before or not. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, not to be you know fatalist and say that you can't get away <laughs> from tracking, but if you really, if you don't want to be tracked, you know, the best way is to not use any technology or, or probably not leave the house given all the cameras that are out there. Right. Let, let me ask you that question on a practical level though. Is there a way to stop it? And even if you could, like you're saying, would it just ruin your online experience? It would make your online experience much more difficult, right? I mean, you could theoretically, you know, not accept any cookies and, you know, use, uh, you know, not really accept any of that stuff, but you're going to be starting fresh, like a new user every time you hit that site or every time you go to a different site. Yeah. And again, it really comes down to a risk management decision, right? Is it, is the experience worth it to you to kind of give up some of that privacy and control? Yeah. Right. I have a question that steps a little bit aside from all of this that I've always been curious about. I think you might be able to kind of answer this, but I'm infatuated. I've never been there, but I'm infatuated with the dark web and actually what it is. First of all, is it illegal for me to go there? And second of all, is it is it tough to get? I, I wouldn't even know how to go to the dark web. Yeah, I even know what that is. I mean, I've heard of it, but is there a portal? Like <laughs> It's not. So so I'm going to give a, a, a the simplest answer that I can. If any of my technical friends are out there watching or, or listening, they're probably going <laughs> to pillar me a, a bit for this. But in general, if, if you think about it, you know, when you type in, you know, www.website.com, um, it's translating that to a bunch of different numbers and everything else and directing your computer to that site. So the dark web is really just um, kind of a second layer or second level of the internet that you can't easily get to like that, right? You need a special browser to get to it. But uh -huh. all you got to do is go out and download it. And it's funny hmm. because the dark web is actually fascinating. Um, you know, it... it I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm in my mid forties. And so my early internet experience, if you go to the dark web, it looks a lot like it used to, right. You know, back yeah. when I first started, um, but it really is a whole marketplace out there for things, um, you know, and, and you can go out there and buy things and people are always shocked. I think by some of the professionalism of the design out there and, and the customer service, you know, you can go out there and buy credit card numbers. Um, if you want to buy credit card numbers that were stolen from a wealthy zip code, they're going to cost you more than credit card numbers stolen from a, a less wealthy zip code. Wow. You know, if you want to buy, um, you know, packs of data, if you want to buy someone's healthcare information, plus their credit card, plus, you know, whatever else it may be, that obviously raises the price. Um, wow. But really, whatever you want to buy out there is available. And it's not hard to get to. Um, and, and it's not illegal just to access it itself. I mean, obviously, if, if the, the site is hosting illegal content, that's much different. Sure. Okay. What, are, what are the security so my, risks on the dark web? I mean, we're talking about cookies from Amazon or something. What's going on out there? 
Well, so because you're you're uh, operating a little bit differently, the security risk would be much higher, especially <laughs> if you're downloading things or purchasing yeah, things, etc. Et it's uh, it's a bit of the wild west that that's for sure. But but I think it's been made out to have kind of this mystique and be something that's you know really difficult to get to and inaccessible. Yeah. But you know most most uh, most people could probably figure it out pretty quick with a you know five minute tutorial. Wow. Is, is it is it like just going to a bad part of town? Or, or is it a little, it's not as, quite as sinister as that? Well, I, it's, I don't know if I would exactly liken it to that. Um, you know, because, you know, you can go to the bad part of town and there, there are things that, that might be legitimate there, right? Uh, um, and, and so I think it's like that. There are people that, you know, use it for other reasons. But in general, for the average user, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking to kind of high school kids or something and, you know, you know for, to a class, you're probably not going to run into a lot of things that are good out there. So it's probably a, a something you can probably avoid. Yeah, sure. I'd imagine. Uh, let me ask you the question that I think our audience wants to know the most. Are porn sites the most dangerous thing on the normal web? And uh, how are you supposed to protect yourself out there? So it's actually a really interesting question. And you know, they put in a ton of security, right? Um, because they have to, you know, it's their market and they tend to have a lot of money to spend on security. And you have to remember that just like any other genre um, of internet sites, you know, they're ones that are, are run by big corporations that, you know, follow, you know, laws and frameworks and everything else to protect data. And then obviously there are sites out there that are not like that, right? So it's just like any other, um, you know, product. So, so to just say, you know, based on it being in that genre, it's dangerous. No, it, it, that it's it's the same as shopping sites or anything mm -hmm. else, right? You know, there's certainly you know the the big sites out there where you are you know feel comfortable using your credit card or your information. Um, but of course, with those sites, I like to think about it this way. You know, there there's information that can ruin your day or your hour, and there's inform information about it you can ruin your life, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have your credit card hacked, and I say this as a consumer, right? As a, as somebody that works with businesses, I want to protect credit card data all day, of course. But as a consumer, if my credit card is hacked, it it's an inconvenience at this point, right? You're generally not liable for charges or whatever else. But if somebody gets your browser history or what if somebody got your text message history or things like that, mm. that could make for a really uncomfortable Thanksgiving, right? I mean, people see, you know, what you're saying about your uncle, whatever, right? Yeah. And so you, start to you think can get about blackmailed history. and stuff too, right? Right. So I think for a lot of users, you know, if they're signing up for those types of adult sites and that type of login information were to get out, that might cause them bigger issues personally or professionally or whatever. Then, you know, if, if they shop at a, you know, a, a certain retailer that everybody shops at and their information gets out. So there is that piece. I gotcha. A bigger, so, bigger impact. So go with the, the, uh, the eBay and the Amazons of the porn world. <laughs> I've been wondering, you know, I always hear the dark web people threaten that they're going to release, you know, the browsing history of Ted Cruz or something, but it never happens. Is it really that easy or is it really that hard? Is that why it never happens? It depends what they have. I mean, really, you know, it, it's, it's for any given individual, it really depends on, you know, what's been breached, you know, from the sites they use or, or what have you. I will tell you one of the the most common things uh, that people kind of don't think about is what we, what we call password reuse, right? Right. Mm. And so if you use the same passwords across multiple sites and services, uh, you know, if one of those sites is breached and the hackers have your username and password that you use on some inconsequential site, and it's the same one using your banking. Yeah. Well, so when there's a, uh, a breach and the hackers get names and passwords, uh, you know, from a site, 
they'll write a program to try that name and password combination on every bank over. in the yeah. country and everywhere else. And they get into tons of places. And so if they're able to get, you know, use something like that to get into someone's, you know, Twitter or browser or whatever else, they can start to look at the histories there. Yep. So, so you never know what they have. That's interesting. It's Let me ask you world. Let me ask you a question, Nick and I. Have, uh, Nick and I have an agreement. If one of us drops dead, the other has to go to their house and delete their browser history. Does that actually delete anything, or is it all still out there? It it, it deletes it from your browser, right? <laughs> but it's still out there on the web, right? right? Right. I mean, it's it could be stored in multiple other places. Um, you know, you got to remember <laughs> when you delete something from a computer, and again, this is a kind of general. Is it, it's you're not necessarily removing it. You're just telling the computer that you don't need that space anymore. And when it needs that space, they can use it to overwrite it. So if you really want to delete something, there are programs out there to kind of wipe it. Um, To really get rid of it, you know, you probably need to drill out that hard drive and toss it in the fire. But again, don't forget, right? It's it's kind of like if you and I have a, you know, five-year-long text history, and I want to get rid of you know that history, and I delete it off my phone, well, it's still on yours, right? Right. So same thing with your browsing history and anything like that. It may exist all over the place. You know, Anytime I get a new computer, I take the old hard, I take the old hard drive out. I smash the crap out of it. And I soak it in a bathtub, and then I smash it again and throw it in the garbage. Does that cover me? Am I good enough there? <laughs> it, you know, it, it really depends. You know, it, it it's one of those things. That it's it's kind of on a spectrum. If the you know if the government really wanted to get the information mm-hmm. off that hard drive you right. know, for a national security investigation, they could probably get it right. But for the average user, you know, no one's going to, you know, use an electron microscope to look at the hard drive I took out of my computer right. to try to get the $41 out of my checking account, right? Yeah. Also, no. what the hell are you looking at, dude? Well, I mean, I, what, what are you doing on the internet that you go through all of that to get rid of that hard drive? It's just, uh, that's up to me and my uh, my spirit guides. But uh, it's no, I don't, right? I, you know, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm surfing standard porn, of course. But no, I mean, just like he was saying, there's so much information you don't even think about that's on there, buying history credit cards you ought to i just figure it's better to destroy the freaking thing right absolutely yes. yeah. yeah get rid of that hard drive and 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 you know most municipalities will have a, a service you know quarterly or or you know periodically where they'll they'll dispose of those things and shred you know shred the hard drives or whatever it is for you i got you uh we're talking with alex hammerstone cybersecurity expert with trusted sec uh i have one last question i don't know if nick and bruski have anything else but you mentioned this earlier like the scam texts that we all get that have some link to click on or whatever now i was always told that if you reply stop that they legally have to stop harassing you but then i saw some fbi like you know psa the other day that said don't reply to anything so what should you do if you get a scam text Usually just delete it. You know, the issue is, is yes, if you if you reply to a legitimate company uh, to stop, mm-hmm. they need to stop, right? Because there's recourse. I mean, you can sue them or whatever it is. You know, they can be sanctioned. Yeah. But a criminal who wants to take your money isn't <laughs> isn't going to follow, you know, the legislation and the regulations that, you know, about sending text messages. Sure. But are they getting uh, any info stop. by me replying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what they find out is that they know that somebody at the other end of that, you know, that text message chain is a real person and that's an active number. So when you reply Mm. stop to a scammer, you are letting them know um, that that's a a number where they can reach somebody. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, these are all all good stuff. Yes, go ahead. One thing that's fascinating about all the text scams is, you know, as I said, if you're a little bit older like I am, you know, when we first got email, it's, you know, you'd get a hundred spam messages for every 
actually wanted. Right. And they've gotten really good at filtering that out, right? So, I mean, if you go on your mail service, you're probably not seeing a lot of spam. And, of course, that's made it harder for scammers and hackers. So, what do they do? They move to your phone. They just text you instead. Mm. Wow. Now, there you go. Nick, Brewski, we got any other uh, questions before we uh, say goodbye? Uh, I think I'm covered, but fascinating yeah. information, man. I appreciate you a whole bunch for joining us today. Yeah, Anytime. Alex, uh, thank you. You've you've cleared up some stuff. The biggest one was, you know, is my phone listening to me? And you pointed out, hey, it doesn't matter. It knows everything about you anyway. It doesn't so, need to. <laughs> yeah, that's a deep thought right there. So, um, Alex, just uh, remind everyone, uh, you know, your company, how to get in contact with you, services, all that kind of stuff you guys offer. Sure, Trusted Sec. Uh, we're an information security consulting company. We do a lot of, uh, you know, testing and building of information security programs for companies of all sizes really around the world. Right on. Well, I'm sure you've got good job security with the world doing everything it's doing. So uh, we appreciate you taking the time. If we ever have another uh, interweb uh, question, uh, we'll get you back on. Thanks so much. Everybody have a great day. All right. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, too, Alex. Thanks, Alex. All right. So there you go. That is uh, that is Alex Hammerstone, TrustedSec.com. Fascinating stuff, dude. I mean, uh, here's the deal. Like, uh, it doesn't matter, really. We're just all kind of screwed if people want the information, they could get the information, you know? You know, you and I actually started talking about Big Brother on the original version of the show, you know, 16, 20 back years ago. And I yeah. remember saying, like, what do I care? Like, have my information. If you want to watch me, you know, sunbathe naked outside from a satellite, go ahead. Like, who am I? What do you care about that? But I'm not sure how I feel about that anymore. Well, now drones are flying over everywhere, dude. And we don't yeah. know how far. They, I mean, they don't have to be that close to you anymore. We were... No, I can't remember where I think I was out playing golf. Dude. Oh, no, I was at the Dave Matthews concert and at the gorge. Uh, they had people flying over and they were getting down like five feet from my head, yeah. like listening to conversations, taking video, whatever they wanted to do. Like, it's hard to hide unless you're in your house with no power. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's tough to hide today. I just read an article recently about somebody sued Google. Yeah, they lived in some hoity-toity gated neighborhood, and they didn't want their homes being on Earth, you know, the Earth view or the Oh, Google view. Earth. Yeah. And Google, their response was basically, none of us have privacy anymore. Like, we can see you from right. the satellite, we can see you from the streets. So their legal defense was, none of us have privacy, <laughs> so shut up. Yeah. It's a new world, dude, for sure. I get in arguments with my sister uh, over the holidays. I kept telling her, when she'd come to my house... Um, We'd be sitting there and I'm always asking Alexa, I've got an Alexa and I've got a Google. I'm always asking, asking them to do shit for me. Yeah. And when there's people there that don't have it, they're like, oh, wow, that's so convenient and cool. So I told my sister, I'm going to get you an Alexa for Christmas because it is, it's nice to have some automation in your home. Right. It's like, nope, we don't want it. We don't want it. I don't want to be listened to or I was like, you have your phone on you all the time. Different. That's different. That's not listening to me i'm like well so i'm gonna have her watch this podcast to prove to her that she's wrong yeah i've always made the point like who do you think you are why does anyone want to spy on you now i understand exactly. if you're some world leader or something that might be a little different but really does facebook really care they're spying on me they have someone sitting there listening to me i don't think exactly so. do you guys hey, here's another question yeah do you guys get the emails i I don't get them all the time, but there was a time that I got, I, I got them quite frequently. 
And it would be an email. First of all, the place that I work at, our email server that we get our emails on sucks. I mean, yes. I don't, I get spam all the time. I have no way uh, of stopping it. Yes, I get it all the time too. Yeah. And there is no way to stop it. I mean, I've really looked into it. So, uh, but I get uh, emails that say, oh, hey, we got your browsing history and we noticed that you like to go to adult sites and we hacked into your computer and turned your camera on. We've got footage of you masturbating. Uh, pay us $1,000 and we're going to send it to everyone on your contact list. You have 30 days. I'd say and send it out and give me 10%. <laughs> right? Yeah, I want, a, I want a talent fee for it. But do you guys ever get those emails? Uh, yeah. Have you? I mean, I get no. all sorts of phishing ones, yes. But but if I got one like that, I'd be like, "Go ahead, do it. Right. Send it." Brewski will love it, what? dude. That's the problem no, what, what, with the modern scams because they send them out saying, "You know, your Amazon account's been hacked," and I'm like, "I have an Amazon account. Well, I should click on this." But yeah, yeah, they've yeah. gotten good. Um, well, yeah, you know, I go actually, ahead, uh, and we are guests so, to by after. Oh, oh okay. okay. And my dad, when he was alive, one time I came home and and he was he was just so angry, and he's on the phone and and. He said Amazon was on the phone with him, and what did I buy that that oh, with his credit card and this that and the other thing? And it was a scammer calling and saying yeah. that they had his, they, but but they wanted to confirm what the credit card number was. Of course, and, right. and that yeah. and, and I just said, and I said, Dad, hang up the phone right now. He's like, What? I'm like, Hang it up. Yeah. He hangs the phone up and he's like, Well, why'd you why'd you tell me to hang up? Now, well, how am I going to call Amazon back? And I said, Dad, yeah. if they wanted <laughs> to be telling you, yeah, they, yeah. Would, they would email you. And when I told him all that, he was just like, you know what? I'm glad you came home when you did, because I was ready to start yeah. you know, confirming a credit Dude, card. With them I just that. had the same talk to my mom. My bank account's been suspended. I'm going to click on this. Link. I'm like, Mom, call the bank. Oh, it's a huge I'm, scam on, and on senior citizens. You know, like uh, They all take the advantage of senior citizens all the time. It happens with my mom all the time. I've got her trained to the point where she'll call me first now. Yeah. So, no, for sure. But it happens yeah. all the time. Like Alex was saying, it's a numbers game. They try a whole bunch, and someone will get it. So, all right, let's yeah. uh, let's get our guest in here so we don't uh, so we don't lose her. Uh, all right, she's uh, she's joining in. Hey, Julie Spira, cyberdatingexpert.com. Oh, there she is. You there see she us, Julie? Is. Hi, guys. Julie hey. Spira, taking those glasses off and <laughs> ready for us. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We didn't scare you off with our uh, male-oriented shenanigans last time. Oh my gosh, I'm so used to that. What do you think? <laughs> there are more men on these dating apps than women. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine there are. So, all right. So, a uh, quick update. Well, um, you know, last episode, if you haven't tuned in, you should find it. It's on all the podcast sites and YouTube and all that. But uh, uh, we met Julie here with CyberDatingExpert.com. She is the uh, the guru of the industry. And um, we asked a lot of good questions about dating in general. And it was, it was a really good interview. The whole thing, like I said, it's on YouTube and it's in the podcast and all that. But uh, uh, Julie offered to uh, come back on the show and critique my dating profile because apparently I'm doing some things wrong. And uh, and we also have an update on the, uh, the, uh, the coffee date that Julie assigned me to go on. And I follow through with my homework. So I, I did do that. So um so what yeah. should we start with your homework or the critique i feel like we should start with your homework first yes i want to hear about the homework assignment okay all right so the the big question we had last time was am i ready how long do i wait i had a bad breakup uh, a couple of months ago at this point now 
And, um, you know, when do I start to get back out there? So Julie, you gave me some, uh, some interesting advice to go basically practice, set up a date with somebody. Maybe you have a little interest. Maybe it doesn't matter. You just said, go sit with a woman and just have a conversation. Right. And what was the logic behind that for you? Well, the more you go on dates, the more dateable you become, the more you can attract more people because you have it in your schedule that you're going on dates. And even if they don't turn into being you know, a love interest, uh, you might make a new friend. That friend might have a friend they can introduce you to. It's social dating. You've got to get back in the game. And yeah, you got burned, but you know, you got to pick up your big boy pants and start over. Right. That's an interesting point you just brought up. Am I supposed to be asking my dates? Hey, you got a friend that's single too? <laughs> no, but if, if, if someone says to you, you know, I really enjoyed meeting you, but I don't really think we're a match. And you could say, well, that's okay. I'm just really interested in making new friends. And, you know, maybe I have someone I can introduce you to oh, hint, hint, or vice versa. So it's not like you're pathetically saying, do you have a friend since you don't want me? <laughs> yeah, right. no, you're, you're saying, I might know people to introduce you to, and you know, maybe you maybe you will as well. I got you. All right. So, and by the way, Nick and Brewski have not heard my my dating tale yet here. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. So I, you know, as we discussed on the last episode, I'm on, let's see, I'm on Hinge, I'm on Bumble, and I'm on Facebook. Okay. And uh, Grinder as well, right? Yeah. Are you on Grinder? <laughs> We're not talking about that. That's the oh. dark web show. We'll be doing <laughs> oh. that a later. Sorry. So I've had my uh, my my hook in the water, trying to you know see what nibbles are out there, and I've had I, I don't know I probably have a good dozen different conversations going right now, but wow. um, I don't know nothing that I was super excited about per se. But I, I uh, my therapist is telling me like hey take it slow, and Julie's telling me hey get out there and practice. So I'm taking Julie's advice, and uh, one of the women. Um, I'm 46. She is 52. She is, uh, some sort of a real estate investor and works for some, you know, investment company and whatnot. And, uh, she's, you know, she's nice. Everyone told me not to go with my type. She is a blonde, but, um, you know, she doesn't look like my others and my others are all younger. This woman is a little more mature. So, so yes, we, uh, we set up a coffee date and I guess the good news is uh, you know, I didn't freak out or anything. I still have the gift of gab, as Nick pointed out. I, I know how to carry on a conversation. I know how to interview people. That's really what I do in these dates. It's like it's like a mini radio show because I'm just listening and I'm interviewing and I'm thinking of questions, which is what we do here. So, so I don't know, guys. I mean, we had. Were you so anxious? Not too anxious. You know, I had told the story on the last show about going to a concert and a, a friend of a friend was there and she kept like touching my arm and stuff. And I kept being like, just eh, don't, you know, I'm not ready for any of this stuff. So I did not have any of that. I went into this date. Um, I sort of have a philosophy on dates. Like you got to kind of show up and be yourself because anything yeah. else is just, it's too much effort and it's not going to pan out in the long run anyways. I'm sure. not one of these guys trying to pull some scam out there. Like I'm trying to be sincere. So I, you know, I dress somewhat nicely, but I, um, what'd you, you wear? Know, I have a first date, uh, uniform. <laughs> you do? What is it, man? <laughs> it's, uh, see, here's the thing. I'm a t-shirt guy, but I don't want to be too t-shirty about it. So sure. I, I've got like a long sleeve t-shirt thing, right? It's just plain. So no, you know, Metallica t-shirt or anything. And then I just wear a pair of nice jeans and I was wearing flip-flops because it's still warm here in Tahoe. So that is how I dressed. What, what do you think of that? First of all, Julie? I think that's fine the flip-flops i don't know I, I i'll tell you why i'm a mountain guy i know but Men's I've heard, summer footwear <laughs> i've heard women complain about their date 
and they couldn't find anything wrong with him except for that he wore flip-flops oh, is so, that a good woman for me though really if she doesn't love flip-flops yeah, but, but but you know flip-flops maybe like if you're going on a beach date but on a first date i would you know wear sneakers or shoes all right. Cover those toes, dude. I mean, uh, they're not I no my one's nails toes before are the completely day. appetizing. Well, that's a good start. But yeah, put some <laughs> shoes on, Stephen. And, you know, show up for the date like you've uh, okay, okay, put a okay. little effort into it. So, okay? when, when, it, when, when it, we know your toes looking like, uh, you know, dip sized Fritos or something like that. No, I've got good looking toes. Julie, let me ask you this because this is something that came up with my ex where she would always say, like, you know, I love that Steve is like this rock and roll DJ and he used to play in a band, but he dresses like someone who's a rock and roll DJ that used to play in a band. I'm like, do you want me <laughs> or do you not want me? Where, where do you draw the line? Is this just first date etiquette? No, I mean, women go out out there and they find these men and then they say okay now how can i change them right or men go out and they find women they like to go please don't change please don't change <laughs> right. and that's been, that goes back to caveman days i'm telling you it really does right. but women unfortunately i we do think about uh you know gee this is great but the better version of steve would be da, 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 you know wow. and do yeah. you really want to go down that path yeah All right. so tell us more about that how long did the date last lasted about an hour and a half and then honestly it only ended because she had uh, an obligation to get off to but we talked solid for an hour and a half that's a long date 90 minute date for a first date is long okay nice. okay it Especially was good for conversation coffee. You yeah, paid for you get you paid for her drink, right? You paid for absolutely. Her coffee. Okay. Yes, I don't get guys that don't understand that. What a five dollar right. cup of coffee? Look what that. I know, yeah. right? I know. So yeah, okay. no, she took her wallet out to pay, and I said, no, 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 I, I got this, of course. And uh, yeah, and then we... how did you leave it? Did you leave it where you said you'd like to get together, and you put a second date on the calendar and took out your phone and looked at each other's availability? So let me ask you this: first of all, yeah. what's the correct way to start a first date? Handshake, hug. Because uh, because I go for the handshake and she goes for the hug and then I'm automatically starting off awkward. It's awkward. The handshake is awkward. The handshake says, nice to meet you. This is like a business lunch. This is going to be like an interview. And <laughs> right. yeah, I'm already friend zoning you. Okay. So, the, so, 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 you know, just, just, you know, a hug, you know, when you put your head to the side, you know, you're not like kissing them, just a hug. But I think when you're meeting somebody that you've already chatted with, uh, you've been texting, you might've spoken on the phone with someone. I think when you finally meet in person, it's a big deal to get to a first date. You should give them a warm hug, even okay. if you don't want to go out on another date with them, unless they look nothing like their photo and then you <laughs> pretend you walk the other way. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So to answer your question at the end of the date, uh, the coffee date, um, <sighs> I said to her, I was like, you know, well, is this something you want to do again? And she was like, I've, I've had a great chat with you. So yes, I, I would like to see you again. And then we stood up and that's to me always the awkward, like now what are we hugging? Are we kissing? Are we fist bumping? Like what? It was, it's, it is the first coffee date and it does feel like an interview, which some women have said, like, I don't want no interview on my first date, like put some effort into it, but I feel like it should be an interview. So yeah, I, I reached mm -hmm. in and we did a quick semi-awkward hug okay uh, well it would have been less awkward if you did a hug when you first greeted her 90 minutes is well, really we did. a long time we, did. Yeah. We, we deflected she deflected a hand and we hugged so there was that oh, but i'm just okay. worried at the end of a date when you go in for a hug what if she thinks you're going in for a kiss and i wasn't trying to do that 
Oh, you're overthinking it. You're really me? overthinking it. Me overthinking, they, really. No, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the point of the ending of their first date, which probably should have ended in 60 minutes instead of 90 minutes, oh. is to make sure that you have the time to comfortably say, hey, let's do this again. What are you doing on Tuesday or Thursday? What are you doing on Wednesday or Saturday? You know, is, is really pulling out your phones, looking at your calendars and say, you know what? I really enjoyed this. I'd love to continue the conversation. Yeah. Um, are you free on, and you give them two choices. And then she says, oh, you know, I don't know that I feel it. Then you say, okay, but thank you for your time. And she says, well, I'm not free on Thursday or Saturday, but I'm free on Friday. Does that work for you? Make it work. Okay. Yeah. But you weren't real interested, were you, Steve? I mean, you're not real interested in a second date, are you? This is the conundrum. Like, sometimes at the end of a first date, I'm on the fence. There's been a few where I'm like, no, definitely not interested. But there's some where I'm on the fence. And with this particular woman, I mean, this was my first time dipping my toe back in the water. And I just kept sitting there thinking, like, you know, she's pretty. I, we're, we're talking. This isn't awkward. We're having a nice conversation. Did I feel sparks or magic chemistry? No. So when we ended the date, I, I didn't know what to really do. I didn't know right. if you just politely say, like, do you want to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah call me. Or No, you need to be uh, really specific because women like a, women, you know, I like a man with a plan. Okay. So you need yeah. to be really specific. And the goal of a first date is to see if you connect enough to consider going on a second date and then putting it on your calendar. So basically, you know, you have to close the deal. And closing the deal means putting a second date on the calendar. I'm not going to this vague, yeah, let's try and do this again sometime. Okay, yeah, I'll call you. Yeah, I'll call you. And then it goes nowhere. Right. So, well, isn't so that a good goal, test, though, yeah. to see if they follow up afterwards, to leave it dangling? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> go because for the it, sale. Because, uh, go for the sale because if you don't, someone else will. And she's going to go, oh, Steve, you know, I met another guy. And, like, now we're exclusive. And, and that's not like, too oh, forward to take out the calendar? No. What if she's trying to back no. out? Don't give her the if chance. She, no, no, you don't just take out the calendar. Go, let's put another day on the calendar. You just say, you know, this is really, you know, I'm really enjoying. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'd love to continue the conversation. Would you like to get together on Wednesday or Saturday? Mm. And if she and she backpedals and says, oh, I don't know, I don't really feel the same. Then you know, and she says, you know, I would like to get together. And she picks one of those two dates, or she selects a third date that you didn't give her a choice on. You know, then say, hey, let's just grab our calendars and you know put it down and I'll be in touch in between. Okay. And then you go home and then tonight, for the night of your date, you just say, Hi, what was her first name? Putting her on the spot. Hi, all right. Are Hi, Denise. Or... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hi, it was Denise. Sure. Okay. Hi. Well, I don't want to put her on the spot. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, hi. I'm just pretending you're Denise. Hi, Denise. Yeah. Um, had a great time chatting over coffee today. Look forward to um seeing you again next Thursday, you know? So we have had follow-up texts. You know, I was kind of seeing if she was going to be serious or not. Uh, I sent her a message after the date just saying like, Hey, it was really nice to talk to you. Like, you know, look forward to seeing you again. And then, you know, a day later she was texting me. So she's clearly interested, but right. what am I supposed to do with my on the fenceness? Uh, part of me thinks you, second date. I, we're not getting married. Like, go on, have a second date. Schedule a second date. Most dates are one and done dates. Most dates don't even get to a second date. Right. So I tell people, unless you're totally repulsed by your date, you know, go on a second date. Okay. You know, because the first date is just it's a pre-date. It's an interview to decide whether you want to go on a date. It's yeah. not even a real date. Yes. And it was coffee, so it's really not a real date. You didn't make a huge investment. So the all your only purpose is to see if you can like strike up a conversation, which you can with just about anyone, but you did with her. 
if feelings are mutual, go on a second date and, you know, and, there, and you still feel nothing, you know, then it's just a second date. Hmm. But if you like her enough to schedule a third date, uh, the only goal at the end of every date, if you're keeping your clothes on, is to put another date on the calendar. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, thoughts, questions, because I haven't told you about this. Do you have any uh, questions, Nick, Bruski? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, what's the gist of what you guys talked about? Was it just small talk? Did you get deep with anything? We didn't get deep on any, like, romantic topics, but we talked all about jobs and kids and life in the area and the fires going on. I mean, it wasn't just idle chit-chat, but it was it was somewhere between chit-chat and getting into some real issues. I mean, we talked a lot about our, you know, our past and all that, so it wasn't just, you know, how's the weather? Did you talk about exes? Oh, yeah, a little bit. It came up. I took Julie's advice. I told her that, um, you know, she asked something about how long had I been single. And I said, yeah, it's it's been a few months, came out of a long-term relationship that, uh, you know, just didn't work out. And she accepted that. And she referenced that she had been married twice. She has, you know, had a kid with one husband and then 10 years later got married, had another kid. So she, you know, she gave me some of that background. Sure. I didn't ask like what went wrong or anything like that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then what was the follow-up text like? Like, what have you guys been talking? You haven't scheduled another date, but what has the talk been like since you left the date? Yeah, so we seem to have our kids on opposite weeks. So we had discussed the fact, like, geez, we're going to have to look <laughs> at our calendars and figure out when we can have a free night here. But then she's just, you know, she texted me, like, on a Sunday morning, like, hey, sipping on coffee, just, you know, I had a great time with you. Look forward to next time. And so we chatted for maybe 20 minutes texting about just, you know, Sunday plans and taking it easy. She's interested. She's definitely interested. Yeah. She's initiating yeah. text messages and you're te- and you have a banter going back and forth. She's interested, but you need to be the guy. You need to take the lead. You need to get something scheduled. I know. I'm just so petrified right now, but I should just do it. Right? <laughs> you just do it. You're not marrying this woman. You're going on a second date. You're gradu- You're probably graduating from coffee to lunch. Or, you know, it's not like it. <laughs> I know. I just get worried when I get other humans involved in my inner monologue and shenanigans of what I'm going through. Right, but she doesn't need to know unless she's listening. She doesn't need to know like the, <laughs> yeah, I didn't the tell deep her about dark the secret <laughs> about about what happened, you know, because nobody wants to hear that drama. No, I so, hear you. You know, so you were great in saying, "Hey, just didn't work out." You know, it was a long term relationship, just didn't work out. You know, that's a script to stick with. Okay. And then if somebody pries and says, "You know what? I'll save that for the fifth date." I mean, just you know, just kind of push it forward to another date, so they know that you're still interested in seeing them but that you don't really want to talk about, you know, what went south. Yeah. And by the way, no, I have not told any of these people about this podcast because I can't right now. You, can, you I, can't. No. Yeah. yeah. It's like, They're listening it's like, to oh, me no, gossiping he's with gonna my talk friends. About right. He's <laughs> analyzing, he's analyzing our date and I was just coughing. The next thing you know, everybody knows I went to coffee with this guy. Right. I'm just worried. Like, I, you know, let's say I hit it off with this woman and then six months from now, she goes back and finds this episode. She's going to be like, you jerk. You thought you didn't, <laughs> you didn't know if you wanted a second date or not. It's like, oh, yeah, well, first of all, if offensive. you hit it off with her, if you hit it off with her, yeah. then you can laugh about it and you tell her yeah. that before she finds it. You know, if you're seeing this woman in, in two to three months from now, just say, Oh, by the way, you know, we had a dating coach on the show and um, and she was you know, sort of guiding me back into, you know, <laughs> yeah. how to date again. So, yeah. you know, you know, I did I did mention our coffee date, but, you know, not a lot. Uh, and, and this way, it's not a shock. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. 
So, Steve, when you are going to make this second date, is it a possibility that just if it's the week you have your kids, I mean, you can make an adjustment for one night to go out to dinner, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll make it work somehow. I I, I would see what she's got free, and yeah. Or if there's some concert coming. She goes to a lot of concerts. So if I can find something like that coming up, I would make it work, yeah. Is that a good second date, a concert? A concert's a great day, maybe a third day, you know, because you still need to sort of, you know, bond a little bit. But concerts are fun. They're really low pressure. Everybody's singing their hearts out. It's loud, so you don't have to, like, really engage in deep conversation. And it's a memory that, like, if things do work out with this woman, you can go, you remember that second or third date that we went to see that great concert? Yeah. And by the way, who's playing in concert upcoming? Is there anybody really great? I got to look, um, but yeah, I mean, there's always shows going on up here and I get tickets to most of them. So that's right. So, so take it, take it to a concert. Yeah. yeah. And I would probably do like dinner before. so we could have time quiet to talk and then go do something fun. So I, I don't know. Sounds like a great day. Great yeah, day. Yeah, it really does. Oh, look good. That, go. I should ask Bruce. Yeah. Is growing up. <laughs> well, so, so Steve, there is a question for Steve. Steve, do you, do you have uh, a place that in mind already where you would go for dinner and the reason why I asked that is because uh, some months back I went on a date and I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go with this woman. And she made a, a recommendation and we went there and it turns out that she didn't like the fact that she made a recommendation and that we went there. Yeah. She, like Julie was saying, she wanted me to take the lead on that sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I asked, do you already have some place in mind? Yes. Or Listen, a I, of places. I got this town of mine dialed in, so I know all the good and bad spots. And I have to be careful because I have tinnitus for my rock and roll band days. So if I get in a really loud restaurant <clears> with <throat> a lot of background noise, I can't follow a conversation very well. So yeah, I would pick a place that's cool, hip, but uh, has got enough privacy that we could talk. Does that does that sound correct, Julie? Sounds great. Sounds great. Boy, she's a lucky girl. I mean, a, a nice dinner date followed by some great music. It's a perfect right? date. Yeah. Exactly. I think See so. <laughs> you said she's a lucky girl. Well, is it that easy? I mean, like, uh, if you can hold a conversation, like just taking her out to dinner and having a nice night, do you honestly you consider her lucky? Like most women aren't getting that. Is that what you're saying? Um, a lot of women aren't. A lot of women are getting lazy guys, mm. um, and and uh, either they're not taking them to dinner or they're inviting them back to cook at their home, which, you know, turns into a sex date. So women don't sure. know, oh, great, it's a third yeah. date. He's going to cook dinner for me. He's expecting, yeah. you know. I can't so, even so, tell you how low the bar is I've seen out there. Women are like, <laughs> do you have a job? Does your car work? I've had women say they're looking for men with good hygiene. Like, that's how low the bar is. Wow. So oh, yeah. that is pretty sad. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. how I'm not married already. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's uh, go over your dating profile. Well, that may be we'll it. Find yeah. out. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. did Julie, any other questions about the date or did we cover no, that? No, no. It's just that, you know, your homework assignment is to get something else put on the calendar, like okay. this week. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because you get a D is keep what in she's mind, saying, Arnest. No, because keep in mind that, like, you know, you're not the only person she's texting. Yeah, yeah. But I'm special, so I'll stand well, out above all the rest, you, right? <laughs> until she meets someone she clicks with who's a little more attentive. Right, yeah. No, this is all fair. Yeah. It's a fun game out there. Okay, so let's talk about your profile. Okay. okay. Now, I think I can pull these screenshots up. Um, yeah. Let me see here. Should we just uh, go through share, them? You want to share? Yeah, let's share your screen and take a uh, peek. All right, everyone. Oh. So here is. And I, I have previewed them, but let's let's go one by one. All right. So you tell me. So yeah, here's the here's the first one. 
Uh, this is my main, like, that's my main picture. So that would, that's what okay. everyone would see first. I'm looking at Steve's first photo. Uh, is your age correct? Are you really 46? Yes. Why do you say okay. that? Because oh, most people, a lot of people lie about their age. Do I look younger or older than 46? Oh, stop it. That's the loaded <laughs> question. You look great. You look great. Okay. Um, but you have, but you have an odd smirk. Like, you know, I, I would rather see a photo of you smiling. Okay. That's like funny. A woman recently have... told me that she thought that picture was, you know, you look handsome, but mischievous because of the smirk. Well, it's a goofy look. Yeah. And it could be okay for a second, a second photo, but for a primary photo, uh, you know, all of this research that we do, like a lot of people are saying what's important when you look at a photo and teeth. Can you believe that? So smiling uh, like this. So I'll tell you this. The, I hate as that. As long yes. as I've known Steve, I've never seen, I've never seen a picture of him smiling. It's always been just a straight face or, what you see on that dating profile. I've never seen a picture of All him right. smiling. Can you try? Let me just see what we look like. I don't like. smile no, with teeth. Like, oh. it just looks awkward. Okay. Okay. So it looks awkward. Right. Okay. And anyway. I've seen women say, like, I want to see a picture with teeth. Like, can I just <laughs> tell them, like, I have, I, I got, I had braces. My teeth are fine. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Then let's, let's move over to your about me. Okay. Which is underneath that primary photo. Okay. okay. So we talked a little bit about this last week, but I'm going to I'm going to mention that uh, there are multi multiple choice kind of questions where you can just kind of click. And so Stephen, his basics before we talk about the about me says he's six foot two, which means he's tall. And I think I mentioned I will mention again, um, women like tall men. However, there are only 14% of men in the United States that are above six feet tall. So if you're six foot two, you don't need to say the first word in your about me that you're tall because I'm scrolling <laughs> down. I'm like, got it. He's, six, he's over six feet. I'm trying Check to put the box. selling points out there, but I, I'm going to take your advice. So, okay. But it's redundant. Redundant. And when somebody says they're funny, everybody's looking for somebody with a sense of humor, but I, I have to see it somehow through the photos or something. Um, so tall, funny, outdoorsy guy looking for love. Again, I'm scrolling down. It says you're looking for a relationship. The other options that Steve could have had were looking for something casual, hint, hint, hookup. Right. So because he says he's looking for a relationship, it would say to me as a woman looking at this profile and as a dating coach, okay, he's looking for something a little more meaningful, a long-term relationship, which will hopefully lead to love. So you don't need to say looking for love because that's a cliche. Mm, okay. So I got a lot of redundancy say, going on here. So. You do. And so you're using up this real estate with a bunch of words that just don't need to be there. Yeah. So I want to find my person. Now I'm on a dating app because I don't want to meet anybody. So you don't need to say, I want to find my person. <laughs> I'm trying to be sweet and romantic. Like I'm my person. Yeah, but that's not Not necessary. just some booty call. <laughs> All right. I know, okay. but you didn't say looking for something casual. And that's okay. where the booty calls come in. Okay. So, um, what, so I would take the, that first two sentences out. When you say, I play guitar, I'd say, well, well, you play guitar do you play electric guitar do you play you know do you play acoustic guitar what's what's your favorite song to play in the car do you on the guitar do you play stairway to heaven like what do you play so if you just were about to pick up your guitar i'd want to know mm. first of all, i want to see a photo with you with the guitar i want to know is it is it 
acoustic? Is it electric? And really? what's your favorite? That's specific. What's your favorite wow. go-to song? Yes, because that's very generic. I play so a six-string acoustic electric. I primarily focus on uh, <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine and Metallic. No, exactly. I, there you go. Really, though, I should expand. Though. Like, I really? play guitar and I really? love, you yeah. know, Dave Matthews yeah. or something. No, I play guitar, and one of my favorite songs, or a song I'm trying to master, is. And name it, whether it's Metallica, Dave Matthews, whether it's Stairway to Heaven, which is yeah. the song I kept trying to learn no, when I was playing guitar. No, no so, so figure out, so figure out, um, I just stopped something. I figure out, you know, um, a little bit more about the guitar and show, okay. and, and we're going to swap out a photo with you. Somebody have a friend take a picture of you with the guitar. So am, I, that... <laughs> am I wrong? I have noticed since I was 19 playing guitar professionally, women freaking love a guy that plays guitar. I mean, that thing is oh an aphrodisiac. No, it is. And I'll tell you, it's, it's like, you know, you know, girls drool over like, you know, the band in high school. I mean, yeah. you know, okay. Oh, he's the lead singer in the band. So yes. Mm -hmm. And that's why there are groupies everywhere. That guitar so has been helping want... me get women since <laughs> the teen years. Okay. Still not right, letting but... me down. Okay. Right, well, that's good to know. It doesn't belong in your profile, but right. if you want a woman to... <laughs> If you want a woman to swoon, where's that guitar? You know, so you need to show what you're doing. I see. Okay. So, so I play and name name a song that you're either good at playing or that you're trying to master. Um, I would say, you know, ride. You know, I would take the dirt bike out um, <laughs> because because it's really not a great date idea to go riding dirt bikes with a woman. Yeah, with but, the right uh, woman, the it is, that, but uh, I hear you. All right, but but <laughs> I, I just you know it doesn't really add so, to your profile. That's but another thing say, though that I have had women say like you ride dirt bikes and you ski like you're badass like so I thought those were good things to put out there. Yeah, but do you want to be badass or do you want to be like you know marriage material or long term relationship material? Here mm. it is. I'm looking for love. Oh, I'm badass. I'm looking for love. Can oh, I'm I be badass. Both? Well, you can, and but that's about being edgy. Like when you meet someone and, you know, you come in with that confidence, uh, that's sure. where you can be badass, by you know, just being confident on a date. So that do I to, keep the dirt bike picture, but lose it in the description or lose it all together? Exactly. No, no. Keep the dirt bike picture. Okay. Picture tells a thousand words, but lose it in the description because it's, it's taking up this really important real estate at the top of your profile. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Okay, where do you like to ski? There's so many ski resorts there. Where, what's your favorite? Are you taking notes, Arnis? Are well, you writing this down? We're recording this. I'm not this. taking notes. No, I'm not taking notes. I'm just. No, so he's asking words, if I'm okay. taking notes. I'm just saying, I'll no. listen back to it, Dick, and uh, critique All right, later. So, but... so do, you, do you ski Heavenly? Do you ski North Star? Where do you like to ski? Sure. Heavenly's, uh, Heavenly or Sierra Tahoe are my favorites. Please sponsor okay, the show. So that's what you. <laughs> uh, but say yeah. that. I love to ski, and my favorites are. You okay. Know. Okay. Okay. Um, Sleeping on the beach? Yeah. Can you explain that? <laughs> so listen, I'm everyone... not laughing. By the way, I gotta, I gotta. No, say, no, I, I'm not laughing I, at I, you. I'm just laughing at the mistakes in general are things that I might have done. That's why I'm laughing, Steve. Yeah, I get it. And part You're of me is glad. With him. Yes. Yeah. Part of me is glad you guys can't see this stuff per se because this is a podcast. We have to make sure we're describing this. So people can watch it on YouTube, but uh, not everything's going to be visual here. But why did I put that? I feel yeah. like so many guys put in their profile, like I'm outdoorsy, I'm hiking, I'm building an arc. I'm like constantly going and moving. I wanted to put some, cause some women are like, you know, I want to be outdoorsy, but I want to watch Netflix too. So I was trying to balance like, you know, yeah, I do all this outdoor stuff, but sometimes I like to just sleep on the beach and be casual. That <laughs> yeah. was my point with that. But what I, I'm was with the Steve last, on that. 
Thank you. But when was the last overnight you had on the beach? No, I mean, just on a Saturday afternoon. You're laying in the sun. You take a little snooze. You're relaxing on the beach in Tahoe. Doesn't that sound nice? Okay, so taking a great nap on the beach. No, 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 I'm not laughing. No, not you, Nick. (laughs) Taking a great nap on the beach, because you're relaxing and you're in a zone and you're taking a nap on the beach, is different than saying sleep on the beach because I look at sleep on the beach and I'm thinking thinking like he's doing an overnight and he didn't go home. Is he in a sleeping bag? I I mean, like, no, that's not what I meant. So it sounds like you're camping, you're camping and doing an overnight on the beach. So Uh, it sounds like if a date goes well, you're going to have a bottle of wine. And by the way, (laughs) we're going to sleep on the beach. Okay. See, this is the insight we're trying to get because I write these things one way and obviously not everyone takes them that way. So, okay, good note. Good right, enough. and I'm, I'm, not I'm here homeless. to tell you how how women think about things. Okay, right. so anyway, yeah, you like to you, you you like to days off on the beach, you know, when you're relaxing. Maybe That's I just say thing. relaxing at the thing. beach, not sleeping at the beach. Relaxing okay. at the beach, and also <laughs> name not that we want a stalker, but name kind of like you know what beach do you like to go to? I mean, do you do a common beach? Where do you go? You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And I see this because I was recently in Lake Tahoe, so I know a few places there. Okay. Uh, and yes, I'm good at fixing things around the house. That's great. Women like that. Oh, good. You know, this thing just fell. He can put yes. it up for me. I don't have to call the handyman. Yep. So it's great that you put in that you have your children and their ages. That's important to know. Yeah. Um, you don't need to say if you want to know anything else, I'm an open book. It just there's just no point in saying it because, you know, I'm you might want to the change. challenge. Ask me. Go like, ahead. If you want to dangle the challenge, just say, I look forward to starting a chat and seeing where it goes mm, okay see a lot That's of this is my same... radio stuff where i'm trying to tease you know i understand i understand i have a radio background too i understand the teaser yeah and the back sell into the top of the hour okay hey, wow, so, look at her. Um, nice. <laughs> so anyway but so that's what i would say rather than saying i'm an open book okay. meaning that they have to ask you lots of questions just say you know, I look forward to starting a chat and seeing where the conversation goes, because then you're taking the I and you're making it more of a we. Mm, So I'm reading that I'm going, okay, if I write to him, he'll write back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nick, what are your thoughts on the the initial assessment of my words? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's probably true. Like I said, I was laughing because it's so specific of how you have to write this for sure. I mean, the whole sleeping on the beach thing is hysterical and I know what you mean, (laughs) but I I would take it the way Julie does. Like he likes to sleep on the beach, (laughs) but so I, and I get what you're saying for sure. And maybe some people do, but the specificity of everything, you just have to be so super specific in what you're saying and that's hard. Yes, and I'm, I'm marketing myself. I know you and I write commercials for a living, but this is me I'm trying to market. Yeah, it's I'm sorry. so much harder when it's yourself. It's like I can write profiles for other people, but, yeah. but you know, people can't write their own resumes. This is why they hire resume writers. Right. But but at the end of the day, is that you know, there's these little nuances. This is not a bad profile. They're just little nuances okay. that will be a little bit more romantic and make you um, more appealing. Right. And yeah. I didn't do any egregious fouls, right? I have no me shirtless in the bathroom pictures. I didn't <laughs> no. I didn't write anything overtly like terrible, right? No, you did not. Okay. Did I just not. don't want to feel like but, I'm a cliche guy. No, and that's why and that's why I wanted you to add in the specifics of the location of the beach and the loca- not you know, several. The yeah, locations yeah. of where you like to ski. Just so you so people can put it into context. Oh, he likes to ski have 
been like, I like to ski, you know, North Star, whatever. Okay. I don't right. know what's there anymore. It um, is. Yeah. But it's okay. So your interests are skiing, cycling, meditation, bars, and coffee. Yeah. Um, do we have to say bars? That's another one I struggled with because I do like to go out and have a cocktail. I think it's fine to go hang out and have a drink, but All I don't right, want to sound right. like a bar fly either. So right, you're going to sound like a bar fly. You're going to sound like you're you're going out with the guys for you know brewskis mm. every night. Right. I'm going to take bars out there because women because women really you know where is he going to take me on a date? He's going to look at your their look at your profile. Where is he going to take? Oh, he's going to take me to a bar. How yeah. many beers is he going to drink? Right. Okay. So I'm going right. to take that out, and you can change it to something else you know, dining, travel, whatever. All right. Were uh, the other ones but otherwise, okay? The other ones are great because, you know, you're going to show photos of skiing and cycling. Meditation is great. It shows that you care about mind, body, the whole works. Um, bars and coffee sound like bars and coffee dates, coffee and bar dates. Yeah. Doesn't this guy ever want to feed me? <laughs> wow. Talk about overthinking so things. Subliminal when when women are reading that, like, is that I I can't imagine someone sitting down like, will he ever feed me? Is that all subliminally <laughs> coming through when he says bars and coffee? Bars and coffee sound like drinks, and that you know he doesn't want to put the investment into going on a real date, which we know he does because he's already talking about a concert and dinner. So you're sending it to you like we need truth in advertising. You write copy, whatever. You need to know that like women are going to look at this and go, this guy only goes on drink dates. Mm, it's either okay. coffee in the morning or alcohol at night. And they do think that way. Wow. And then, okay. and, and so, so you this just is need the to feedback finesse we're trying that. To get. So yeah. Okay. So you need to finesse that. Okay. Yeah. Um, the photo with the uh, ski jacket on, with also the same mischievous, mischievous grin. Yeah, but that's like my that's my blue. smolder, man. I just look through yeah. you. <laughs> Your but, Zoolander. Yes. But the blue is good because we don't want you to just wear black or white t-shirts. The blue, the blue is a nice color that pops that I recommend men wear in the profile. So I like that uh, photo. Okay. We're and gonna, I have blue eyes. And I gotta tell you that I get more comments on that photo. Women are always like, wow, your eyes in that picture. Yeah. Well, that's great. Perfect first date talk see if there's a spark this is the guy who only wants coffee and goes to a bar and he now he wants to talk and he's not even taking me on a real date there are some guys out there that go oh i'd like to go on a date with you can we go for a walk can we walk my dog and it's just like you know there's very little investment in that yeah so so if a perfect first date is talk and see if there's a spark um i would like to know if where where a perfect first date would be well, hold on. Um, Isn't that and, what we were talking about, though, that the coffee date's supposed to be an interview, essentially, to get to the real first date? So Right. But but the question is, is the perfect first date going for coffee? Is your perfect first date um, going for lunch? What is your perfect first date? Mm, um, you can even answer this perfect first date by saying, my perfect first date is when it leads to a second date. And this is where I want to go on a second date. Oh, see, and I like that, that just says, yeah. yeah. And that says to somebody, oh, he's invested in this process. He's not a one and done dater. Yeah. Because the, for the first meeting, I don't want to go do something. I want to sit and talk to you. Right. Is that, you want to you know, see if there's a connection. Right. But, but you want to see if there's a connection. So that's why I like saying my perfect first date is, you know, we, you know, we connect over conversation and we leave with a second date on the calendar. Okay. All right. Is it so? Is it really so terrible to eat on a first day, like to go out for lunch or even dinner? Mm, good question. You know, it is and it's not. 
for, for some women do love coffee dates. They don't want to put the investment in 20 minute coffee dates. If it goes well, then we'll have lunch or dinner. But there are other people that are really busy with work or they're busy with family and they're, you know, putting their makeup on and getting all dolled up for a date. And they, they want to go someplace where they can have a meaningful conversation mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be the fanciest place in town, but, you know, sometimes they want it to be, you know, they don't want to get all dressed up and carve out the time for just coffee. Some people do. And that's why I say, give a choice. By the way, I'm free. I would love to get together with you. Would you like to meet for coffee on Tuesday or lunch on Thursday? And then give them a choice. And then you'll see where their comfort zone is. And then they're like, wow, that's so great. He gave me the choice, you know, of, of, coffee or lunch yeah i like that so he's not just cheap and he's only going on coffee dates you see nick this is why she's the dating expert so i know dude i know you do good work julie okay <laughs> and by I the way we, we're talking with julie spira cyberdatingexpert.com. check out the website so all right what else you got for me this hasn't been too I, bad i feel a little vulnerable no, but this, the is, photo this isn't too in bad the studio the photo in the studio is good except for you have the same smirk in every photo <laughs> i, I do smirk. need to I see know. another I know, but we need to find another look. Okay. So I got to show some yeah. teeth without looking awkward somehow. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. Hey, dude, show some go, teeth that look uh, awkward. Go, <laughs> yeah. over, it, go over your recording of the podcast. And when you're laughing, Chris, snag a picture out. Because when you're not <laughs> self-conscious about looking at a camera, you smile often. Uh, you yeah. just yeah, don't I just do it for a teeth. camera. Yes. Okay. I, I just saw some teeth. I did. Okay. I did. All right. I'll work okay. on it. So, so moving along. Uh, my zombie apocalypse plan, yes. find a boat. I don't, I don't think zombies can swim. Okay. That's just, that's just your humor. Good. And by the way, I'm a huge fan of the walking dead. Why do they not just go to an Island? Zombies clearly can't swim. People just get a boat. Zombie can't okay? swim. Okay. Show over. I think that's a brilliant point on my part. That's mainly why I put it out there. <laughs> anyway, I like okay. the picture with the bike. I like the picture with the bike and the beautiful trees in the background. You know, that okay. that's something that you enjoy doing, but, but remember, I want you to swap in a photo with a guitar. Well, when guitar, you guys take a yeah. picture of him with a guitar? Yeah. Okay. We'll work that um, out. What makes a relationship great is, I'm going to read this. Yes. When you're in pain, the world stops and I listen. If we both do that, we both win. That and a healthy sex life. Yep. Okay. Right. There's a lot going on. I, that that one was well written. There's a lot happening in that thing. I don't know. Right. I don't know if anyone can put that the nuance. Let her be the judge of that. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. I don't know a guy anywhere that doesn't want a healthy sex life, right? Okay. I don't know guys that go. I every guy I know goes on a first date with a woman and is undressing her with their eyes, even if they're not going to sleep with her because they want to be respectful and wait, whatever, yes. yeah. and, and make sure they're exclusive or have the sex talk. So if you say that on a healthy sex life, then I'm going. In the beginning, he told me he wants to fall in love, and now he's telling me, you know, you know, he, he wants to hook up and have sex and yeah. healthy, meaning a lot of it. So, I mean, we all know that that's part of the plan. Like, if you end up moving along with this one or another one we haven't yet met, well, at some point, you're going to have hopefully a healthy sex life. But don't advertise that because it kind of is a little creepy, and it kind of sounds like you just want to get laid and uh, okay. You're into hook See, up. I, I was Ups. worried about that. I'm trying to be a little flirty and a little honest. Like I enjoy a healthy sex life. Keyword they're healthy. And that does not mean quantity to me, but I understand what you're saying. So I think okay. just I, the word. I, I agree with Julie on it. Take it out, dude. Okay. Take it out. You, you the, just don't write about 
You don't, we don't, you don't write about sex. You don't write about sex on, on a profile period. Uh, okay. Unless All you're right. on Ashley Madison or something. Okay. What about the first part? Because part of that's plagiarized. Oh, from <laughs> From Dr. Gottman. See, I've studied the seven oh, principles the of Gottman, ASICs. Yes. Right. And that's one of his okay. quotes. So I'm A, trying to see yes. who else might know the quote. But also, it's a good sentiment. Women like a guy that listens, right? But right. is it really what you, know you what? want? Yes. But, it, okay. but if you're... But if you're quoting someone else, can you at least put quotes around it so we know it didn't come from you? Well, I guess, but I, I, like I said, well, I'm trying yeah. to test. I'm hoping somebody replies and is like, "Hey, that's from Gottman. I know that book." And then I can be like, "Oh, good. You're probably a good arguer or good at resolving disputes because that's what I need. That's the." But you know, I would put quotes around it. Look, I had a client. I put her on OK Cupid, and she added a Rumi quote. And she added this quote from Rumi. We had quotes around it. She said it was from Rumi. And a guy that was, you know, swiped left on her. Notice the Rumi, Rumi, he's swiping left. He goes, whoa, wait a second. I love Rumi. And that's my favorite Rumi quote, too. Okay. Now they're married with two kids. Wow. So, so maybe I say, so, as, as Gottman would say, quote, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, is, is, Gottman, is Gottman yeah. The, the, the person to quote on a dating website? I mean, is, isn't that about the principles of... Of What's having a lasting called? relationship. Isn't that a okay. good thing? All right. I think I think what it shows, because between that and his meditation earlier in the profile, it shows that, you know, he is a deep connection and that he's looking for a meaningful relationship. He studies about relationships. Um, not everyone's going to know that, but you know, if someone doesn't, they're they might look it up and go, Oh, right. wow, that's a deep guy. That's a guy who's got a good heart. Okay. So okay. I would I would I would put it as Gottman says in like quotes so okay. you're not really plagiarizing it am i true yeah. or accurate that women like a guy that knows how to listen i literally just was watching a tv show where on the first date the guy was like i'm sick of talking about me let me just listen to you and the woman was like oh my gosh she just wants to listen to me i i think that women know that men have selective listening and that they might hear like every third word we say mm. um, i'm, I'm sorry i wasn't paying attention what'd you just say <laughs> <laughs> If you're having like this long descriptive conversation about your day, like men are kind of bored, but women, hi, I want to check in. Let me tell you all about my day. And then they ramble on about the day and they catch every third or fourth word. Right. So, uh, so we, okay. we know that guys don't listen to everything we say. So being a good listener is really a great trait. Okay. So I would say there's a few things to take out, you know, the, the, the things that, you know, a few things to make more specific, add a guitar photo and see if you can smile. Okay. All right. Otherwise, photos are generally good, except yeah. uh, I got this smolder thing that I got to, I, I feel this selectively good. But as long as I slip a picture in with teeth, you're saying I can balance it all out. You need to balance it out. We need a different look, okay. right? All right. All right. Very yeah. good. And it shows you're happy. Smiling shows that you're happy. People want to be with a happy person. <laughs> there are a lot of sad sacks out there. Yeah, so. I hear you. Okay. All right. Well, guys, right. I mean, first of all, I'm glad I didn't commit any just egregious, sleazy men thing. I get the bringing up the sex life maybe is a little iffy, but uh, otherwise, uh, I, I mainly feel good about that. Thoughts? Yeah. Because your next, so your next homework assignment is to get this girl scheduled for a second date. Okay. And I have and not contacted and... the lawyer yet that we were all talking about, the woman I need to text. Oh. I haven't done that. I'm, um, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't want to mess it up. I feel like I got one well, chance she... at that. He's well, overthinking I would do it, it sooner. like he does. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I would do it sooner rather than later because it's cuffing season. And if she is single, she's not going to stay single for long. Yeah. And if she's married, you know, find out and get her off that fantasy pedestal she's on and move on. Right. All right. I'm going to take your advice because you said Mondays and Tuesdays between seven and nine are the best times to contact someone. Is that, did I remember that right? 
Uh, Sundays and Mondays between 7 and 9 p.m. Oh, Sundays and Mondays? Yes. Here's the problem. Tonight, dude. Here's the you problem, though. This woman is a devout football fan. She actually, when her, she told me the story about her husband. They were having marriage troubles, but they were at a Super Bowl party, and he wouldn't stop talking during the game. So she turned uh. to him and was just like, stop talking. I want a divorce. So I don't want to call or text this woman during a football game. <laughs> so are you sure you want to call or text her at all, dude? That's just, a little harsh at a football just so, game. So, just until Sunday, it does, Monday, Thursday. Okay, so you can't contact her on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. So Tuesday, until the game Tuesday's is unless okay. the game is unless the game is over. Tuesday's fine. <laughs> well, Steve, yeah. I would I would suggest Steve find out who her team is and make sure you're not reaching out during that particular team. Yeah. I'm a big fan football fan i'm a big sports fan you know that and you can reach out to me during any other time than when the patriots apply it yeah even if there's another game i'm watching that's okay all right but i gotta find out when game, the steelers are playing then i'll ask my phone uh, it's listening, they, so. they lost yesterday to the patriots oh so. perfect there you go all right so maybe i'll reach out then. <laughs> okay so homework assignment tweak my profile set up a second date with the uh the older lady <laughs> that's a great way to describe her and um and text the lawyer did i get all that correct yes uh, yeah, I, and, and the guitar photo and yes and the guitar smile Smile, Stephen. Guitar and teeth. Can I do a guitar and teeth in one? And we'll just call it good. <laughs> yeah, you can do that in one. Okay. All right, Julie. Um, I I appreciate the uh, the feedback, the critiquing. Um, I will tell you, you know, that date I went on, it may not have been, you know, like rainbows shooting everywhere and sparkles or whatever, but it felt good. It felt good to get back out and talk to a human. It made me feel like, you know, I could be, a, I, I still, I can still do it. It's nice to have a human, you know, look at you nicely as opposed to what I've been living with for months. So, so I do appreciate go. the push in the right direction. Oh, well, anyway, I, I, I know I'm a little bit of tough love, but I think that uh, I think we made some progress. No, absolutely. All right. Julie Spira, cyberdatingexpert.com. She has been nothing but good and helpful to us so far. So uh, check out the website. And uh, Julie, do you uh, desire to be kept in the loop as this saga unfolds? Oh, absolutely. I'm invested <laughs> already. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, gentlemen, do we have any questions for Julie or do we, uh, as we set her free? I, I, oh, go ahead, Brewski. I just have one question. Mm. So I've, I've been contemplating going to a speed dating event and I've never been. And I automatically have this thing in my head from like the 40 year old virgin when they go to that speed dating event and how odd it gets and awkward. Uh, do you have any tips for speed dating events? Have your list of questions in advance because you get two to three minutes and, um, and, and know that it's kind of like an interview. Um, mm. Smile and, ju and just, uh, you know, don't ask them how long have you been single? You know, just say yeah. hi, you know. Um, get to the point. Yeah, gr great to meet you. What's, you know, what's your favorite restaurant? I mean, really, gotcha. ask them what their favorite ski resorts, favorite restaurant, favorite anything, favorite song. Okay. Favorite, Is it okay to have questions concert. that you ask to each one? The same uh, questions that you ask everyone? Is that weird? Yeah, but they, because they, they won't know. Yeah, okay, good. See, guys, yeah. this really is like radio. Like, if you only have two minutes to interview a celebrity, you come in with a few questions, you get out what you can, and you wrap it up and move on. Gotcha. So, good luck gotcha. with it, Brewski, and dress sharp, dude. What are you gonna wear? Uh, bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I there's there's a couple of them coming up nearby, and it, one of them I'm a little concerned about because the age range is a little wide because it's like 
like late 20s to early 50s. And I don't know, late 20s seems kind of like, like what would I have in common with somebody in their late 20s, you know? I know, the other, the, other, the other one is more like late 30s to 50s, which is fine because if somebody that's 39 or 40, that's only 10 years difference with me. I can deal with that, you know? So mm. um, thoughts on well, that. My, yeah, my thoughts are if some, if something is advertised as late twenties to fifty some fifty something or other, there probably won't be a lot of people in their twenties there because they're going to be turned off along. I don't want to sit next to some old guy. Yeah. So okay. I, I have a feeling that there really won't be a lot. I I would go to them both of them. I have a feeling you're not going to be stuck with a lot of younger people. I just don't think that they're going to want to be there with people closer in age to their parents. Yeah. Gotcha. And if they are, they're looking for a sugar daddy, dude. <laughs> I, I will tell you guys, I recently lowered the minimum age on all my searches. Cause I started thinking like, well, if some, you know, hot 30 year old is looking for an older guy or even 28, 29, like, I don't know. I know some, really? I know one couple here in Tahoe that are, they've been married for years and the guy is uh, like almost 20 years older than the woman. And he got this young hobby. And I started thinking, like, hey, maybe maybe that's out there. <laughs> maybe <laughs> You've what always you, you gone been? with younger. I have, but younger by five or six years. This guy's woman is like 20 years younger than him. Yeah, so, so I like, wouldn't think it would work well for you. They've been to married for even years. younger. They have. That's not you, dude. No, so but I'm, I'm saying yeah, I would be enjoy the, the 52-year-old. I don't know. Julie, thoughts <laughs> on my age um, range? Should I be limiting you know, it? Or? Well, I, I feel that when I see profiles of guys – who are looking for women that are really young. Yeah. It's like, I go, I go, that's a real turnoff. If he's really willing to date somebody in their twenties, you know, sure. and, you know, is he but, having going through a midlife crisis? You know, people tend to feel more comfortable dating people that are interested in meeting people that are age appropriate. And so I always had this rule. I would never date anybody close in age to my father than myself. And I think it's the same thing. You don't want to date somebody closer in age to your children than yourself. Yeah, I did that math the other day. I realized if I was dating a 28-year-old, that person would be closer to my daughter's age than to my age. So right. And how would your daughter fe- and how would your daughter feel about that? Probably not so great. No. I mean, honestly, I think it would depend on who the person was. If they were awesome, I think my kids would love them. But yeah, it's a little weird. So I hear you. Also, I-, I feel like it can also be offensive to the women that are close to your age or like this 52 year old that you went out with like uh i mean it's a little offensive to be into younger women what am i lacking i know what is a 28 year old is that really younger i'm not talking about 19 i mean best is young dude you're you're almost 50 years old i'm, I'm in my mid-40s i don't understand <laughs> what you're saying <laughs> well you do you all i'm right, just all right. right all right julie as always we appreciate you uh donating this time cyberdatingexpert.com is the website and uh, uh whatever the next chapter is we'll we'll get you on the line here and we'll update you sound good Sounds great. Give Julie, right. a round Thank of you, applause. Julie. Thank Welcome you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> Take care oh, of yourself. We'll talk soon. All right. Julie Spira. Um, <clears throat> Julie right. Spira is on fire. Look, <sighs> dude, your profile for the most part. I'm going to say this. Uh, the sex thing, I completely agree to get it out of there. I'll uh, tell you said, what. I did that last time, though, and that is what Hillary latched on to. Like, I want a healthy sex life, too. Let's talk about what that means to each other. She's crazy, dude. I know. I know. Listen. I know. I know. Listen. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, you, you, you're going to find out what healthy sex life means. After, after you have sex for the first time, 
that's when you start talking about that shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think that's necessarily an interview question. And, and I don't think they'd be honest anyway. They would say, oh, I'm looking, I don't want to have sex very often, to be honest with you. Like, they're not going to be honest. Once you have sex with them, you well, can kind of gauge, oh, did they enjoy that? Were they good at that? Were here's how I would play it. I would, I would ask, what is your definition of a healthy sex life? Like, if you could wave a magic wand, how many times a week do you think you'd want to have sex? Because Hasn't that, that number... changed, though, for you over the years? Well, at maybe. points in your life? But I want to know what your ideal number is, because that tells me a lot, even if it doesn't pan out or we don't do whatever. But it's a big... If someone says seven or someone says one, like, those are completely different answers and tells you a lot about someone. What if I say seven? Are you into that? Well, uh, the short answer is that tells me you you want a lot of sex. You're a sexual person, so that's a good thing. As I think I discussed on another one of these shows, when we were trying to get pregnant with my wife, we had sex every day for 30 days straight. And after 20-something days, I started getting a little worn out. I realized, like, maybe that fantasy is not actually true. You don't need sex every day. But, yeah, if somebody says seven days a week is what I want, then that's that tells me a lot about you. Yeah, but, like, in our 20s, uh, like, a nympho was something that I thought would be great. In my 40s, and even in my 30s, I don't want a nympho, dude. I, I don't want to have mm. to satisfy you that often. Mm. Uh, I, I would, I, I'm a, in my perfect world, I'm two, maybe three times a week, but I'm happy with two uh sometimes i'm happy with one yeah yeah and maybe i'm on the low end of things you know what i mean as i get older i uh, i'm just happy with that not necessarily but that you know that answer <laughs> tells me a lot and i gotta tell you dude you said something to brewski and i on the last show that i think in the moment kind of went over my head but as i listened back to the show it was it was a profound point you made that i've been trying to factor in that Bruce and I were talking about why are crazy women so good in bed and that they're good in bed and they're good to take to Vegas or something. And your point was, you know, guys, that's minutes out of your week or a week out of your year. Like you got to find someone who you can tolerate for all of the rest of life, the for having sure. coffee, the paying the bills and all that. And I get so fixated on, I want somebody who's so good in bed that I, I, I forget about all the other, the other crap is mundane and it'll work itself out. But you're right. It really does say a lot if somebody's only good in bed and sucks at the rest of life and i i think that comes from your past relationships where sex has faded in a relationship possibly that you're like that yes. sucked i hated that so i understand but when you're in a happy uh, like i'll just be honest with you for me uh like i said once a week is fine with me it's the other six seven uh six days and 23 hours i'm concerned with mostly you know right. because that's the hard shit dude yeah. for me that's me dude i and i hope you find a great balance i mean that's the goal of it all but definitely like this the whole sex thing if you're open and communicating about it I feel like that that can be worked on like, you know, you can work on it together of what your needs are and what you like, when you like, but that other shit, if you click on that shit, it's going to be easier to figure that whole sex part out. Yeah. I hear you. And you're right. I'm speaking from past issues and, you know, baggage of <clears throat> sexless marriages and stuff where I'm like, I need a healthy sex life and the rest will work itself out. And two, there's a little bit of truth in that. But as I've discovered with, you know, my recent ex here, a uh, great sex life can sometimes mask a lot of other issues going on that you otherwise sure. would focus on.
Yeah, no, for sure. It's a tough game, guys. I was thinking about it this week when I went on the road trip with my brother. You know, I had a lot of time. First of all, I'll tell you this. I drove the whole fucking trip. Uh, I find out. You never drove? No. Why didn't, didn't you drive? drive? Listen, we got, we left <laughs> the house and, uh, you know, we left Seattle. He lives in Omaha. So I thought it was fine, but he was like, Hey, do you mind driving just to get us out of here since you know where you're going? Once we get on I-90 and heading east, like, you know, we'll start swapping off, right? Yeah. That's yeah. reasonable. Yeah. So I was like, sure. Well, we get out and we stopped, uh, you know, uh, we were going to Spokane for the first night. So we got about halfway there and stopped for something to eat. And I figured at that point that he would be like, okay, I'll take this shift, but he did not. So I just drove <laughs> and I don't really mind driving to be honest with you. I'm not a huge, I don't love to be a passenger in a car. I would prefer driving for the most part. So it didn't bother me, but he was, he started to tell me like, I'm, I have become in my older age, he's 58. Uh, I've become really anxious at traffic outside of Omaha, Nebraska. Dude. I know where I'm going in Omaha is light traffic, uh, all these cities. It really makes me anxious and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, I'd prefer if you drove and I was like, okay, yeah, that's not an issue. Dude, this reminds me of what we were <clears throat> literally just talking about. You enter a relationship with someone with a certain set of expectations of what does it mean to share driving? Right. And then you get on the road and he's like, yeah, I actually don't like driving so much. You're yeah. like, well, hey, you bastard. But how many, you told me you did. <laughs> but, but how many, how many quote unquote big cities are you driving? I mean, Omaha is a kind of a big city. Yeah. Okay. He's driver so teasing many, you to see. Yeah. You. Well, yeah. We, and we did. <laughs> I mean, we DTs. went through, we only went through like, Basically, big city-wise, that were traffic and kind of stressful if you're not used to driving in a city, were basically we went out of Seattle into Spokane. Out of Spokane, the next big city was truly Salt Lake City. I mean, that was, you know, uh, that's a yeah. fairly large city. Yeah. And then out of there, we went into Denver. The rest of it was, I and I think then he started, yeah. yeah, I mean, he started getting nervous on the freeways because... There were so many semis and the speed limits changed to 80, 85 degree uh, miles per hour and some of those. So, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, it gave him anxiety. So did you tell him he's getting old? Did you make fun of him? Or oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. So but my point was, is that I had a long time uh, on the road to just like kind of sit and think about stuff. And I was thinking about you guys and that you're in this dating game. And there's a big part of me, dude, like uh, you always think when you're in a relationship, oh, like the date sounds fun. You know, you get to go meet someone new and possibly see someone new naked. And, you know, that whole excitement. There is but, that. Yes. Part of it. Yeah. But that's about it. <laughs> I mean, the rest, the, of, the rest it of it sucks, it right? Like a big pain in the ass to me. Yes. Is. That is one yeah. of the things I keep lamenting about my relationship with Hillary. Like we did all of that work, the courtship, the meeting, all of yes. moving in. Oh, we did all of this work that I now mm -hmm. have to go do all over. Like, ugh. Yeah, there's something fun about new love, but I don't know what the percentage is. It's 50 50 if I'm being generous, where it, you know, balances yeah. out. But there's a lot of pain in the ass. Like uh, sharing some of these stories with my wife, Rachel, uh, I'm like, well, Steve went out for a coffee date or Brewski's going speed dating. 
and this happened or this happened, you know, and she always ends the story with, please don't ever leave me. Like, right. I, I don't want to go through that again. <laughs> I said that to you the other day where I was lamenting setting up dates. Like, dude, take care of your relationship. You right, know, I'm, I'm right. setting up first dates. I, I thought I was arranging a marriage right now. I was just engaged a few months ago, but here I am setting up new coffee dates. And yeah, there's something it's... so depressing about that. Listen, I've, yeah. I've been single for nine years now which it's almost as long as my last relationship. And sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, do I want to keep doing this? Uh, you know, I mean, what do you mean? I, like, do you want to find a relationship or are you just happy alone? Is that what you're debating? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I, I sometimes ask myself, I'm like, you know, I can eat when I want. I can watch what I want on TV. I can, you know, I'll do, I can do all these things I, I want to do without checking in with someone. Yeah. Sure. A lot of perks you know? do it, but I mean, do you think, do you think you could be the kind of guy that just uh, hooks up with somebody once in a while for sex and the rest of the time is happy being single? Yeah, I, I, could you? Could that make you happy? No, no. But at the same time, at the same time, I, we're going to be honest. Like we've always been honest here and everything. Um, it's probably. Do you really want to know this? Yeah. It's I think probably I knew going to tell me. Yeah, I was going to say we may regret saying that, but yeah, go ahead. What okay. are you? What are you going to tell us? It's probably been about seven years since I've actually been intimate with a, a woman. Oh, really? Yeah. You, wait, I, you haven't had sex in seven years? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yep. Well, let's all pause for a moment of silence there. What, what, what? What's that about? I mean, you've been trying. It just doesn't happen, or you haven't found someone. Yeah. It, 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 it just... No, I mean, you go on dates and things happen, and and it, but it just doesn't get oh. to that point. It just hasn't gotten to that point. And, um, and are you yeah. at a place now where that feels normal? Like you're, you know, you've been going without for so long. What, what's the point? Or does oh, it make oh, it no, worse? no, no, no. Well, I, neither actually. I'm just kind of in the middle. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting there like climbing the walls or anything. I would like to, but at the same time, I'm also not like freaking, I'm not freaking out about, it, you know, I kind of figure when I get there, I get there. Yeah. That's interesting. So. Yeah, boy, I don't quite know what to say with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, I, no, I don't mean to, to no, no, no. It's just like it, it's a catch twenty two. No, it's a good curveball, and I appreciate your honesty because you know when I was going through my divorce, I went without sex for like a year, and then it drove me nuts for months. But then I got into a homeostasis with it, and that's not a gay website. I just mean no. <laughs> I got into a balance with it where now this is the new normal, and you start to accept that. So I yeah. guess I was trying to gauge where your head's at because yeah, I mean, because believe me, I, I mean, I've, I've had a opportunities where you know where things have when i say sex i mean like intimacy like like penetration that sort of thing like, there have been sure. times where you know someone has you know uh spoken into the microphone and and that sort of thing you know what i mean sure um, sure but, so uh i don't know if i missed uh i i dropped off for a minute i just my question was is this a choice that you're making because the juice isn't worth the squeeze to you at this point i think it's a case-by-case -case basis yeah you know because like okay so for instance like the other recently i was talking with a, a lady and uh she's one of those uh ethical non-monogamy people which steve you you know a yeah. lot about right and uh so she was just like she was hot on us getting to meet and that sort of thing and we had a lot of things in common and that sort of thing. We we're both kind of on uh, a particular site, a 
you know, it's a it's a fetish site and that sort of thing. And um, and then all of a sudden she's like, well, hey, why don't we, you know, meet sometime? I'm like, hey, yeah, no problem. And then she was just like, okay, well, how about we do it on this particular day? I said, hey, okay, no problem. And then she's like, oh, by the way, before I meet you, you know, you need to do uh, uh, a Zoom meeting with her primary partner, who's this guy that lives in Florida. Oh, well, right. You, you yeah, mentioned this yeah. to us. Yeah. Last time. And I'm like, and I'm just, like, just so weird, dude. Yeah. But the, and the thing about it was, it's like, all right, I, I got to go through, I got to talk to that guy. Yeah. And then, and right. then I get to come and meet. You know, it, I mean, well, you're in a relationship with him too, though. That would be part of it, right? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the other part of it was like she made it known that if we get together, something's gonna happen. And I'm like, all right, this is awesome, this is great. I'm ready for this and, and that sort of thing. But then once she threw that at me, it, it hit me. I'm just like. And I guess it's that's what I mean, dude, is the yeah. juice worth the squeeze. And I guess it's on a case by case basis. But I mean, look, Brucey, I've I've been in your situation where I've gone a while without sex in my last relationship before I got married. It had turned into a sexless relationship and we were basically just roommates. You know what I mean? Yep. I know, I know my well. I know my uh the thing that I think back on was like, uh, and I don't know if you struggle with this or not, but how nervous I had become oh, to yeah. perform again after not having sex for a year and a half, you know, like, uh, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I still know what I'm doing as good as I used to. I don't know if I'm going to finish too quick. Like I had major anxiety about well, getting back on the horse. Sure. Well, so, so I, I can say, for sure, like like the last person that I, <laughs> I I hooked up with is a friend of mine in Seattle, and she uh, she and I got together when I was in town, and um, like, and she's still single. So if I if I wanted to make a trip out of coming to Seattle, you know, I could. And, and I thought I was getting back into that, get back on the saddle, like you say. Yeah, I could. She and I could come together, and we she and I just. We 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 do well together, she and I. Um, yeah, yeah. That's sort of, but you know, um, even if I lived in Seattle, I'm not sure if she'd be somebody that I would be in a relationship with. And sure. If I told well, you, this if is I the struggle, why, right? Do you just want to hook up, or do you want a relationship? No. I mean, no, if you I want a relationship, I, then the stuff you're talking about is just not going to feel good after. Yeah, exactly. And I like this this lady a lot. I do, but she is just. Um, I'll put it this way. She's just not, not a very neat person. Mm. And, and that's, that's something that, that right. kind of Bottom goes against what I am. Yeah. I suffer from the grass is greener on the other side complex because do you, your original question was basically, you know, am I, you know, do I, am I finding some joy in being single and doing what I want to do and all that? It's so funny to me because when I'm in a relationship, there are times where I'm like, man, I wish I could have the whole bed or I wish I could just watch whatever <laughs> movie I want. And and now I'm in that situation. And all I'm thinking about is, man, I'm, I miss having someone sleep next to me at the end of the day. I miss having, you know, my partner here. So sure. It's I can that. relate with it, dude. When Rachel goes out of town, like the, you know, uh, she goes out of town like, well, on Saturday, she's leaving for nine days. And like, there's a part of me that's like, uh, I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to play the bachelor. You know, I'm going right. to watch what I want. I'm going to eat what I want, all, all that stuff. But by usually by day three, 
I'm like, I wonder when she's coming back. Yes. Yeah. I did the exact so, same thing. You know, when Hillary would go, I would take advantage, spread out, take the whole bed, watch whatever I want to watch. But yeah. that, I find that stuff is only fun when it's the exception to the rule, not the rule. Right. It's yeah, nice to have a break away, but if that's your whole existence, now you're alone, and that's not what I'm going for. So, yeah, exactly. I guess it's yeah. balance, as with all things in life. But yep. the, as we've covered on the show already, I'm a relationship person. I, I want my person around, and you know, the thing that I am, the thing that has hit me hard about Hillary, you know, us leaving uh, the the relationship ending and all that was, you know, my kids are 13 and 16, and I feel like I have now missed my window to have a, to have the family back that I wanted to have my wife and kids all under one roof living together. Sure. Now, by the time I meet someone new and we talk about marriage or living together, I mean, my kids are either going to be gone or one foot out the door. So yeah, I've been focusing a lot on, you know, I miss the relationship side of things. I came yeah. up with a slogan. We'll put it on a t-shirt. Uh, I miss my, no, <laughs> after my divorce, people would ask me like, do you miss your wife? And I would always say the same thing. I don't miss my wife. I miss my life. You know, and I miss, you know what? I miss being in a relationship. A few times. And it's, yeah, there's, there's something uh, there. Yeah. Absolutely. I haven't heard you say like, uh, I miss, I miss Hillary. You know, uh, I've, I've, you've always said like, I miss my old life. And like, I understand that dude, for sure. I mean, you got to a place where you're comfortable, but, uh, also you missed the good part of your life. Yes. And I understand that for sure. Yeah. Yep. And I romanticize it all. I get it. So, you know, I do but the listen. same thing, dude. It's uh, the whole, uh, uh, what's my favorite movie, Steve? Uh, uh, high fidelity. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole grass is greener on the other side. That movie's so <laughs> freaking brilliant for that reason, because I, I used to play that game in my head too of just yes. like you know i wonder if i had done this and you're a classic overthinker so it, i yes. but it gets in your way for sure you know well sometimes yeah. and other times it helps me get where i'm trying to go but yeah you know what's funny yeah. that you just brought that up like you asked me what your favorite movie is and i know the answer yes we have one of these shows in this gottman book we've been talking about the principles to a successful marriage there's a bunch of quizzes in there about basically how well do you know your partner and i would be willing to bet if you and i took those quizzes we would score <laughs> you know really well. yes. I, I'm, yes. I made a comment to steve brisky uh, a month ago uh, and i was like yeah. uh, you know what it's just too bad that we're not gay because you're the longest relationship right. I've had. Be you know, so like, much easier. Be so, be so much, much easier. easier. We should do that, dude. Let's take that survey. I want to see where yeah. we go with it. Yeah. No, well, you, you and I will have a solid relationship, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you, you know, Jerry Seinfeld on uh, Seinfeld one time said, you know, the great thing about being homosexual is that you automatically double your wardrobe. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's classic, dude. And we dress pretty be much alike anyway so yeah. yeah we're all good to go yeah uh, if only love yeah. was that easy if only being gay yeah. was a choice this just shows you that being gay is not a choice because it would be so much easier i think yes uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well dude uh i'll give you the quick update on my road trip because yes. before yes. i left in our last podcast here i told you that i was going to uh, challenge my brother my brother is a classic conservative and uh uh i shouldn't say classic conservative he's a new age conservative right. yeah classic um, would be good but yeah. yeah yeah but uh so we always have a good time together and he's really the only person that i know that has been put into that category that i can still hold near and dear to my heart because i feel like i know where his heart is and i feel like he's just skewed by fox news and other things that he watches so yeah. i was telling you that i was going to put him up to 
look, I'll watch Fox for a month and only Fox and you watch MSNBC for a month and we'll see, you know, at the end of this whole thing, what your views are, what my views are. Yeah. Does uh, it change your perspective if you yeah. change your news channel? Right. Okay. And uh, I couldn't get there with him, dude. You wouldn't do it, huh? Say that, dude. But uh, I, I'll tell you what. And part of my roadblock right away was. Wait, when you say I, you couldn't get there, do you mean you couldn't bring yourself to ask him or he wouldn't do it? Uh, both. I knew that if I brought it up, he wasn't going to do it. He, mm-hmm. I mean, by the way he was talking that if I, you know, brought it up that I knew I couldn't get him there. And I'll tell you why, because we started talking, we talked about politics a little along the way for the whole week, you know, yeah. and disagreed on a lot of shit, but we were talking uh, about things that were not so much humanitarian issues. We were talking about green energy and global warming and stuff like that. Um, and he had some good points, dude. And I, and I enjoyed the conversation when I have it, when it's about that kind of policy type stuff, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. not based on how we treat people and everything like that. That's when it gets a little tough for me. But, um, I brought up the fact that, uh, Anderson Cooper is a fucking douchebag and I hate him or not Anderson Cooper. I don't know why I just uh, said that. Poor Um, Anderson. I don't know. I I really like Anderson (laughs) Cooper. Um, (laughs) Sean Hannity, Sean oh, Hannity? Bow, bow tie, uh, Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I said, uh, I, I brought up the fact that I think he is the world's biggest fucking douchebag and I think he's dangerous for our country. Yeah. And, uh, I, anyone who watches him, uh, should do themselves a favor and obviously just shoot their TV. But if they're not going to do that, they should look at this as an entertainment show, exactly. not a news show, All you right. know. <laughs> Right. And I asked my brother, I said, can you agree with that? That when you watch Tucker Carlson, because he does, which is fucking sickening to me. uh, I said, can you agree that it's an entertainment show and you're not taking your news from that? And he told me that, no, he thinks he's a great journalist. uh, And that when he watches Tucker Carlson, and I don't know what this says about uh, his mental state on all of this stuff. I think it's right where Fox wants it to be. Uh, when he watches Tucker Carlson, he can only watch it for, you know, if it's now, I don't even know how long the show is, but if it's an hour long show, uh, he can only watch for about 20 minutes and then he turns it off because he doesn't just does not want to believe in his mind that that's the world we live in. It's too sad to him. Hmm. So he watches the first 20 minutes and then turns it off. And I'm like, why don't you turn the whole thing off? Right. Like it's, it's, it's an entertainment show that he's just going for ratings. Like he is bringing you no Yes. Actual factual news. No. And he completely well, disagreed with me. Well, wow. but but his, so but here's the thing though. Mm-hmm. What I would share with him is something that Fox always says, and that is the primetime lineup for them is is not news. It is entertainment. Yes. That's that, and by the way, Hannity has words. admitted to that before. And yeah. I'll give him some credit for that, where people call him out on not being a journalist, like when he hosts Republican events. And when he gets called out, he says, hey, I'm not a journalist. I'm an, I'm an entertainer. I'm a talk show host. Yeah. Right. right. And, and that so is true, by the way. I mean, they're not journalists. They are talk show hosts. So, yeah. But the fact that your brother considers him a journalist, that that's scary. Scary. I mean, uh. it's scary. And, and, and like I said, it's really scary to me personally, just because I love my brother. 
Uh, Steve was talking about um, putting out a big Facebook post about our program and our podcast is, you know, available for download here and hoping that, you know, we would send it to all our family and friends and past listeners and stuff like that. And and I have a little anxiety, dude, about sharing this post with my brother. I, I don't want it to. I don't want it to ruin our relationship. We have such a solid relationship, but I feel like some of this stuff could potentially on the surface, make it so fragile. If I mean, don't you think he's going to find out? Yes. But I don't know if I should lead him to it. Uh, And, and, And I'm not saying that we can't do a Facebook post. I just may eliminate him from it. Um, but I think that, um, everything that I'm saying to you guys, I would have this conversation with him. Yeah. I just don't know if I would make him feel stupid if I was having this conversation with the world Mm. to my friends. Yeah, I get it. it. And I haven't decided yet, but and I thought, oh, I'll bring it to I'll bring it to Harness and Brewski and just kind of get their opinion on it and see if they understand or if I'm overthinking it or I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you've been very respectful to your brother on all of these comments. I don't think you've painted him as a moron or anything like that. So there is that, but you are holding him up as an example of logic that you disagree with and all that. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've met both your brothers and I think they're both cool guys and we have fun hanging out, but I don't know him on that level to know how he would take it. But Mm -hmm. I completely understand, as we've talked about before, that there are people in my, you know, circle and my family that I'm a little hesitant to just say, here's the link. Go listen to me talk about everything. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, and my kids, I mean, I've, I've mentioned them multiple times on here. I've mentioned my ex-wife. I've mentioned her, her new guy, not yeah. my BFF, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we all have things that we share in honesty that would be somewhat maybe embarrassing or sure. confrontational. I get that, but yeah. I just I have just seen these politics ruin relationships, uh, you know, over the last five years. And I don't have a lot of those ninety nine point nine percent of those people I've cut out of my life already. Yeah. And he's the only one that I've I've truly kept, you know, and uh, yeah, Yeah. this is a tricky thing we're doing, you know, because anxiety. The honesty that we're doing, you know, is I think necessary for good, you know, talk show hosts or whatever we are. And I think it's endearing to the audience. It lets them know who we are. Um, but it is tricky with people that you truly know up close and personal because there are obviously conversations that you wouldn't normally have with your brother or your kids or your mother sure. that you and I may have that's good for yeah. the show and all that. But yeah, I mean, it's the it's part of the vulnerability we're all doing. And, yeah. you know. I've told my kids, and we just talked about this recently, I've shown them a couple of clips from the show. So they feel like they have some idea of what we're up to and what it looks like and what we're sounding like. But there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm really not ready for them to hear, but it's out there. And at some point they are going to hear it. They are going to find it. You know, some of these first dates I'm going on, um, they may find this sooner than I thought. (laughs) And then I wasn't trying to let you that far into the looking glass, but sure. Yeah. So it's a struggle. I get it. And I don't know if it's a thing where, uh, you know, I just say, hey, you know what? I want to let you know straight out of the cage that, you know, on the podcast, we it's not a political program exclusively, uh, exclusively. 
But when we talk about politics, like some of the struggle, uh, I do bring you up in it as as my brother. And uh, I don't know if I just tell him that out of the gate and maybe that makes it a little easier. It's also one of those things when you're talking about a specific person that maybe I've mischaracterized some things that if he were to hear it, he'd be like, no, no, I don't feel like that at all. You you're not getting what I'm saying, you know, like he's not here to defend himself. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I need to bring, I think I need to bring it up with them and just say, Hey, like, uh, you know, I've talked about you politically and not in a, not in a disrespectful way, but just as you know, we're on different sides. If you're uncomfortable with that, I'll leave your name out of it, you know, but I have, I have talked about you a little bit before. And if you want to see it, it's there, but I think the short answer, the correct answer therapeutically and all that is to talk to him about it. He's your brother. He's not, you know, a coworker or something. And, um, yeah. And yeah, if he's truly uncomfortable, maybe you can, uh, you know, make it a little more generic, but, um, you never know. I mean, like you said, he may, uh, he may want to get involved. He may be our designated, you know, conservative that can call in and we can bounce stuff off of. I mean, you, you just don't know how he's going to take it. He may be totally offended or think it's totally cool. And he may yeah. understand you're, you know, you're trying to be an entertainer. So, we do draw yeah. from our lives and that shouldn't be taken as an insult. It's a, it's a compliment, quite frankly, same thing I do with the kids. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone, but sure. it's real life. So before we left on the road trip, uh, we had a couple of days with my brother in town. We were over at my mom's eating dinner and it was me and my wife, Rachel and, and, and my mom and my niece and my brother, we we're having dinner. And after dinner, we started talking and, um, my niece, her boyfriend, his mother and her boyfriend is very liberal and uh rachel asked her a question like uh does it do you think you're being indoctrinated indoctrinated with liberalism by your boyfriend's mother like she just had a question because she's very liberal and she talks about it a lot mm -hmm. and not, not that my niece is not liberal but she's just kind of not political she doesn't talk about politics a lot how old is she again uh she just turned eight 18. Oh, so okay, so it's the older one. I wasn't yeah. sure which one of them because there's two girls there. That's yeah. why I'm asking. That's still pretty young though to get be politically involved. I don't even think I was sure. that political at 18. So yeah, for sure. So Rachel was asking a question and and Hallie was like, No, no, I don't feel that way at all. I mean, most of the things she talks about I already agree with. And then my brother started talking and we started getting into a political conversation. And at one point, um, you know everyone else in the room is fairly liberal, including my mother. So I feel like he, he felt like he was starting to kind of be backed into a corner, you know, and kind yeah. of attacked on some on. level. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of getting picked on. And he was like, let's just, let's just stop for right now. Let's just stop talking about yeah. it for right now. Take a little break. And I was cool with that. I understand yeah. the feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll just have to see where it goes. But well, I had a great trip all in all. We had good conversation. And like I said, uh, we talked a lot about policy and politics. Mainly, the one I was most interested in was green energy. We were talking about California's uh, law that they passed for the electric cars. Yep, yep. And he had a lot of knowledge that I hadn't read on, and I have gone back and done some research on what he said, and he was right on a lot of it, and uh, it was stuff that I hadn't thought about, and it's a bit of a conundrum, dude. Well, uh, see, this is where I would like to hear from him, but what are what were some of his points? Because I'm just I, I'm a Californian, yeah, and I've just been defending in, that law too. 
and and so was i and just in basic he's like uh i'll first of all i'll start this out by this is him talking yep. first of all i'll start this out by saying like if it can be done well and it's actually helping our earth and i don't have to make a ton of like changes to my whole life i'm all for it if i can still go from point a to point b without having to you know crank a generator for two hours you know like i'm all for it yes i've heard the, that a lot too hillary used to say i won't be able to haul my horse if the you know it doesn't have enough horsepower yeah like, yes, all of does. that's being worked out okay like, yes it's, you're fine and the charging uh, major, distance all that stuff yeah uh his major concern was is the energy uh that it was taking for everyone if everyone started having an electric car how much energy it would take and if they're not doing any upgrades on the grids of our country the electrical yes. grids the problems that that will create yeah and that's fair because um, california has brownouts and now we're telling everyone to plug their car in so i get the conundrum but so like if everyone's doing it he's like i don't understand why we're not planning that part first but no so here here's what i would say but with newsom setting a deadline it forces mm. us all to make those changes in enough time. And if we don't, obviously, they're going to bump the deadline. But if you draw a line in the sand, people can't keep dragging their feet. So I kind of like that he put a marker out, which somewhere it's like 2035 or something. It's not like right. next year or something. So, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of like the uh, the ultimatum because then that does force the grid to get in line by then and companies to, you know, increase horsepower and travel distance and all that. So, yeah, no, I agree. And he agrees that if it can be done, you know, I'm all for it. But he doesn't see we're not going to do it without happening. a gun to our head is the problem. And the government drags their feet on everything. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get it done by then. Like you said, if we don't meet the deadline, uh, Steve Harness in Lake Tahoe knows that if we don't meet that deadline, they'll just extend it. You know, yeah. like uh, there's yeah. no major cutoff. Uh, the, the other thing I found fascinating, dude, we were talking about solar energy and wind farms because we went by a lot of wind farms. Yeah. And he was talking about uh, the fact that those, the wind energy um, is bad in the regard that all of those windmills that you see, like, like we passed a lot of them. They were carrying the just single propellers from those on semis. We're traveling. Yeah. First of all, huge. Like I had no idea how huge they were Yeah. Uh, but down on the ground. You know, I'd seen them up there, but uh, they're made from carbon fiber. And I don't know if you know a lot about carbon fiber, but like Rachel has a I do. fiber bicycle and they're quite fragile in the sense that like, if you drop them, you can break a carbon fiber bicycle that's meant to be very light. You have to be careful with it. But, These... but carbon fiber, carbon fiber cars, on the other hand, though they say are stronger than steel. Yes, yes, they and and they can be built that way. But this, these windmills, from what I read, are they are strong enough, but they are also uh, made light enough that you know they do what they're supposed to do: produce energy. They need to get twirling around and everything else, but. They only last, on average, about 10 years. Did you know that? I did not know that. And is so his, problem? <clears throat> his big concern is, like, do you see, for, for, all the wind for, uh, for all the wind farms that we have currently, and all these turbines have to go somewhere, they go into the landfill uh afterwards yeah, so like no you can they can recite they can recycle them you can you can cut up carbon fiber and reuse it 
It's not going into a landfill. I would think uh, that that is true, but even if it is, of everything we're putting in landfills, that's got to be a millionth of a percentile. Currently it is, but if, yeah. we, if we're expanding on all this and they have to be replaced <laughs> every 10 years, this was, this. Is, I'm telling you what he said. Yeah, okay? yeah, no, I get it, but I'm just saying that seems like a solvable <clears throat> problem. It does, so, but again, why isn't it solved before we're doing it? We're always put. It, we're always putting the egg before the chicken, right? Um, in, yeah. in a sense, we're so lazy thing, Americans that need a a, well, a a carrot on a stick to chase sometimes, or we'll never do it. Yeah. So, no. so I I found something right now. I just looked it up. I I put in how long does a carbon fiber wind uh, windmill last? Mm-hmm. And it says how long do wind turbines last? A good quality modern turbine will last for 20 years, although this can be extended to 25 years or longer, depending on the environmental factors. And that's on a website called TWIglobal.com. Okay. So, yeah, you'll find varying things. And like I said, I'm just kind of passing along what his issues were. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with all of them, but I did like to pause and think about some of these things because I hadn't thought about them before. Well, and they're uh, good things to pause and think about so that we can be solving them. Hopefully people sure. in positions of authority have thought of them already, but who knows? Yeah. If not, we're pointing them out for you. You're welcome. For sure. Yeah, th- that's why we're so informative here on the vocal minority. Exactly. Uh, the other, So when we started getting talking into solar, okay, um, and uh, he, the only great point about solar that he made, he's not as into solar as I am. I'm really starting to get into solar. And I wish I could put it on my house. My house is too shaded to put solar on. But um, he was like, you know what? Solar would be fantastic if we could find a way to store energy. And we haven't been able to find out a way to do that yet. You know, batteries. I was going to say, yeah, but Tesla's working on that and, you know, the whole Tesla battery wall. If every house had one of those, I mean, I know right. the technology is not quite there, but that's the whole point of this stuff. A hundred percent. But implemented we and keep it getting it better. I mean, we can do it with batteries, but how many, ba- if we're going to power our country by solar one day, yeah, how many batteries is that? And where are we going to mine the lithium from? I mean, it creates, there's yeah, a whole no, I, other scoop of problems that come with it that we haven't figured out yet. And I'm all about moving forward to try and figure some of this out. But the way lithium is uh, mined is unbelievably damaging to our earth. That's what I'm saying. Like we're trying to. Yeah, I get it. Fix one thing. You and- also don't have to store the power though. I was just talking to a homeowner that has solar panels on his roof, and he was saying that he basically pays no electricity bill every month because he doesn't store the energy. He puts it back into the grid. So the That's electric company, yeah, the electric That's company gives him the credit. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I, and I get what you're saying. I hear from conservatives all the time that, like, you know, you're electric car, man. Like, do you know all the mining that goes in and what it takes to make electricity and all the trucks involved? Like. I get it's not 100% green. That's not the point. We're trying to, we're going for progress, not perfection. And some of these things that come up, you can't tell me it's not more earth friendly to burn electricity than it is to burn dead dinosaurs. And we're on a path now where we're going to try to fix some of these issues that your brother's bringing up. Cause hundred percent. Yeah. It's two steps forward, one step back, but I'd rather have one step gain than just standing still burning oil, burning shit out of the ground still. I mean, yes. engine technology yes. has not changed in a hundred something years. And obviously now's the time. So I get nothing's perfect, but 
if you're only going for perfect solutions, it's disingenuous and it's impossible. But I hear well, from conservatives all the time. It's not perfect, think, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, his, yeah. My, my thing, too, is that these people who complain about mining for lithium batteries, they'd be the first ones to tell you that they're in favor of fracking. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Mine and everything fracking, else but those, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, but, for it. He's all for it. I mean, he's all for mining for lithium. He, but he's just point. He was trying to point out the irony and the fact that we're trying to preserve our planet by going green, but at the same time, we're raping her of lithium. You know, like yeah. I wish there was a uh, clean. I don't, break I don't think he's make. against it. Say again. I said I wish there was a clean break we could make, but it's just not possible. We're trying to shift major technologies. There's yeah. going to be, you know, there's going to be problems to get solved and. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, when electricity was invented, there was a lot of people that made their living uh, filling street lamps with oil. And it was like, oh, we're going to put those poor people out of business. Well, yeah, but that's progress. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're putting miners out of business. Yeah. We shouldn't be sending humans under the earth for much longer to dig shit out. Maybe we can improve on that. Maybe you can get a better job working on one of those wind farms. So every 10 years you can throw the the turbine into, into the I mean, he had all kinds of stuff against the wind farms and i was just like oh my gosh dude he was did, like did he talk about the birds did he uh, mention he, the birds no he's over the birds he didn't talk about the birds which i figured he was going there um like did you say yeah, they cause okay. cancer like Trump told us all no he did not but okay. he did say do you have any idea what those uh do you have any idea what those wind farms do to housing prices you ever been uh, next to one of those? Uh, I've got a buddy who lives next to one, and it is loud, and uh, uh, it's constant noise. Of, yeah. whoo, whoo. We should and ban like, airports, too, because living it. next oh. to an airport sucks. We should ban highways. Living next to a highway sucks. We yeah, should ban factories, because living next to a factory sucks. Yeah, and I'm like, but why we're going to put them out? We should put them out somewhere where I, I'm not going to buy a right. house next to one. I, You know what? There's plenty of people that buy a house next to the, the big power plants and shit like that. I, I'm i not going to buy one. And maybe right. it's cheaper to go do and someone can go do that. But I'm not going to buy it. I, I don't care about that yeah. as well, much. You know. So so here, here's my, my argument against this. So... They there was there's a big wind kind of wind turbine yeah. near me, and um, the wind people thought so much of the land that they built a very large casino right next to it. So if that was going to make that much noise and be that that you know disruptive, wind wouldn't put billions of dollars to build this massive casino. Encore Boston that they built. Look, a casino is a great thing to put next to there because you're inside, you're rocking out, you're playing games. Like, who cares? But but the thing about Encore is that it's right on the Mystic River and they have a whole outdoor area where they do a lot of events and that sort of thing. Yeah. Listen, there are certain things that go better next to a wind farm or an airport than other things, but this is also supply and demand. If somebody wants to buy a hundred acres and build a wind farm, they must think that that's more profitable than building a subdivision. And where yeah. I live in California, Nevada, the wind farms are in the middle of nowhere. When I drive by them, there's no subdivision next door. And, and if there is again, like this is just economics, right? And most yeah. conservatives would say that that's a good thing. Like let the economy dictate it all. Well, okay. Sure. Somebody thought it was a good idea to build a school next to a wind farm. So go talk to them and what economics they were practicing, but it doesn't mean yeah. we should ban wind farms or schools. 
Yeah, yep. no, exactly. For sure. It's just, it's going to be a interesting climb with uh, Gavin putting this into place and uh, other states are already following suit, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they, we'll they see how it turns passed, out, but we're watching this. Passed for, it in Denver. Oh, good. We're going to be uh, watching this for like 10 years. So it's not, like I said, not happening tomorrow. And BT dubs, dude. While I was gone, I drove an electric car. Yeah. For a full electric car. I used to have a hybrid and and I thought it was great and everything, but I drove a full on electric car, dude. Tons of horsepower, those, right? Those things are fun, dude. I mean, they have so much torque to them. As soon as you yeah. press that pedal, uh, my brother's best friend lives in Denver and he's got an electric car. And by the way, he bought I, it's a Leaf Nissan Leaf, I think is what it's yeah. called. Um. With all the uh, with all the government help on buying that electric car, I think uh, he paid out of his pocket like two thousand dollars for this thing. Yeah, well, he, uh, with all the rebates he got back from everything on it. Yeah. Uh, so this thing's awesome, dude. Uh, we got on a straightaway, and I got on it and slammed it to the floor. And I mean, it was it, this is a Nissan Leaf. This isn't a Tesla, dude. Right. And I mean, it put my brother and I both back in our seat and you know, you had to struggle to get forward in it. I mean, it was, it was fun. No, those engines have all the torque and horsepower already. It's, it's the main issue is the battery life and all that stuff. And yeah, they'll tow horses. No problem. You know, they make dirt bikes now that are electric and you know, the whole dirt bike community is just like, I, I'll miss the noise and it won't right. be as fast. Smell like, of the oil. I'm like, get over it, man. I mean, you're going to have less maintenance. You know, you got no yep. gas, you got no oil. You don't have to clean an air filter. You don't have a cooling system and you get more horsepower. I mean, what's the disadvantage other than you're holding on to nostalgia and that's well, no reason to stand in the way of progress. And we're going to have to figure out where we get rid of these batteries. I mean, that's that's a big problem that we're going to have to figure out how they'll be able, they'll where to get rid recycle of. recycle recycle. <clears throat> you can't recycle them from what I understand, dude. Parts of it you can, but not all of it. I get it. Right. So, I was going to tell you that uh, me being a car guy as I am, uh uh Chrysler, well, Dodge is coming out with electric versions of like the Chargers and the Challengers and that sort of thing. And yeah. because people were complaining about, well, I like to hear the exhaust of my car and that sort of thing. They've yes. actually, I read they, they, this. They, they, they actually have it so that when you're driving the electric car, when you're stepping on the gas, most, most, most cars these days are what they call drive by wire which basically means that there's a current that goes and sends the, the power to the wheels as opposed to a cable that gets pulled. Yeah. Well, this is the same thing. So that when you step on the gas and you're driving, it gives you the sound of the uh, exhaust yes. that would come out of the car, but without the, the rumble, exhaust. Right. And the rumble of it. I and mean, they're, they're doing it all in. They're doing that for the electric dirt bikes too, giving it a chance to turn the volume on so it sounds like it. There is yeah. a safety thing with that. I've been standing in the street before where an electric vehicle comes up behind me and you have no idea. So, yeah. you know, there's a safety thing there. But this whole, like, I just missed the sound of the engine. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was somewhat annoying with this Nissan Leaf uh, when you were, you know, when you're going under five miles an hour or 10 miles an hour, there's n- literally no sound to it, right? Yeah. But the Nissan wines okay again issues with the you know progress yes but addressable issues so we should you know 100 it should be fun dude 
All right. Um, we got a couple of things we got to get through and then we got to wrap this up before we hit three hours. I don't want to have to split the show again. So yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's see here. Let me look down my list here. Um, Oh, silver spoons. Let's, let's briefly talk about silver spoons. Do you have the, okay. uh, the Wikipedia page? Yeah. All right. So on a previous show, I think it was last week's that, you know, I was saying that I bought a stand up oh, no. arcade game for my house. Here comes, the, here comes Harness with his uh, I was right speech. What? Why would you assume I would bring up a topic that I'm right on? Well, Maybe dude, I'm here to eat humble pie. Okay. No, please. I, I knew exactly when you asked me to look it up why you yeah. were asking me to look it up. All right. So my assertion was that on the show that the dad who had this mansion with all the toys and the stand-up arcade games, which was the vibe I'm going for here in my house, I said that he was a toy maker, a toy inventor. And you toy guys, tester, didn't you say toy I tester? I think I said toy inventor. Okay. And that's well, what I'm going to stick with. So okay. uh, you guys both told me my 80s pop culture knowledge was off and wrong. So uh, Have you confirmed this or well, are you just walking into this blind, Stephen? I'm blind. I'm just putting faith in my knowledge. Okay. So, well, but but I will, I will, I will say this. Yeah. You said he was a toy inventor. Yeah. This says that he owns a toy company. That doesn't right. mean he was, <laughs> but that doesn't mean he just invented the toys himself. He oh, you're splitting hairs. He owns a toy company. Obviously, they so have what? to invent new toys. Mean, that doesn't mean he invents anything. And that was part of the show. He would come home and be like, look, I made this new thing. Ricky, try it No, out. that part, he, did, he didn't do that at all. Oh, now you're going to make me go back and watch Silver Spoon. Yes, Spoons. I am. On, you yeah, absolutely. Young more Steve remembers this. He in this argument. And more importantly, what did you rebuke with, Brewski? What did you say he was? I had said that that he was a, a wealthy guy and that he had the, a wealthy father played by John Houseman. And obviously we know that the, the dad, mm-hmm. the grandfather, was this like stodgy, you know, guy. Because he's the guy that did the, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Was it E.F. Hutton or one of those investing companies? And uh, But I knew that he was wealthy, but I thought he was just kind of like a, you know, living off his, his dad's money, you know? Okay. Yeah. All well, right. I mean, he is wealthy, but he's wealthy because he owns a toy company and he invents toys. <laughs> he doesn't say he invents toys. What would a toy <laughs> he company owns a toy do? Company. They just put out Rubik's Cubes over and over? Of course they're inventing new toys. And that but no, was he doesn't, but he's part not of the, the show. He is not the person inventing the toys. I don't he's think the that's... money guy behind it. And well, then, his but company... He's not the person I know Steve Jobs even... is not sitting in the factory building the iPhones, but he invented Steve the Steve Jobs is dead. I, I get that. I'm just saying that the head of a company who's developing new products may not be literally in the lab turning the screws, but to say that Steve Jobs invented the iPhone would be accurate. And to say no, somebody that owns a toy company. The engineers did. The engineers did that. No. It's getting heated, dude. Yes. Come on. Heated. No, Steve I'm Jobs serious. Jobs invented the I know he had a team no, that helped him not. develop it. He did not. But he came up with the idea, the concept, and then the whole team, including Wozniak, made it a reality. And okay, that without is what Silver Spoons did too. No, but without, without Wozniak, then, then he wouldn't have had the product. This is really a hill you're going to die on. That the guy that owns yeah. a toy company is not a toy inventor. Exactly. Nick, Nick I'm going to need a, a judgment on all this. If you own a toy company <sighs> that creates new it. toys, are you not by default a toy inventor? I don't know if I would say that you're a toy inventor, but I will say in the argument of what he was, <laughs> it leans more toward what Steve said. Okay. That it had to do with toys, that he could bring toys home. What? 
you know, yeah. uh, well, okay. there was so a toy you know, company involved. You know, you, you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> so Tom Tom Segura, stand-up comedian, yes. has this has this bit about his cousin Brian, who always says, "Hey, you want to hear about my new invention?" And then he's like, "Yeah." And he says, "Okay, uh, a cell phone that drives your car." And he's like, "Okay, well, how do you do that?" And he and Brian was like, "I don't know." I don't but think we're giving the Silver Spoons dad enough credit here. No, but I don't think you know his resume as well as you think you yeah. do. <laughs> but the guy it's, it's invented to, toys. He owns a toy company one thing, that makes new one toys. Thing, but he's not an inventor. Oh, you own a broadcasting you, company. Do you invent broadcasting? No, but that's not what we're doing. I invent new programming, uh, but, you know, the guy <laughs> owns a toy company. They come up with new products, and he would bring them home to show to his son. But but he's not the inventor. Uh, you're splitting hairs. I'm right. No. Okay. <laughs> like, 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 uh, like another part of the, the Sakura thing, he says, he says to his cousin, oh, yeah, well, I came up with an invention. It's a toilet that sends emails and makes turkey sandwiches. That's and still an cousin, invention. He could get with the but, team and develop that, and he'd be credited with coming up with the idea. But he didn't do the work to get it done, though. He, he, uh, the engineers you're, you're, are the you're ones. splitting hairs. Who invented bad? the iPhone? The engineers that I had Apple. Where'd they come up with the idea? Who gave them that assignment? They're not rogue inventors. I, I, I don't. I just come on, I spit it out. You I'm know I'm right. Me... No, you're not. <laughs> I'm dying on this. Steve so Jobs invented the iPhone. No, he did Wozniak not. and the team developed it, but he came okay. up with the idea. Okay, but if he okay, an idea without someone to build it. I know, but you now got, you're you debating shit. capitalism. I understand but the person you, you that owns. Shit. I understand the owner of Ford Motor Company did not go out and develop the newest hybrid engine. But it was his company that said, "We want to do this. I have people that can do it. So here's my idea, team. Give me this." Okay, but but that's but he, that doesn't make him an inventor, though. He didn't do the work. But if, he if, came okay. up with the idea. That's part of the if inventing process. No, it it's isn't. a key part of it. If, if, All right, if he, probably All the right. most key part of it. No, right. no, 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 just is a draw. We got to move on from this. This is not a draw. Oh. God damn you. What are you talking no, about? I, no, I mean this right now. This conversation <laughs> is going nowhere. Wait, it's a draw. All right, Steve Silver Spoon's dad right. invented toys and Steve Jobs invented the freaking iPhone. No, we did minority, big ball. All right, well, all right. Google, just Google real quick. Who invented the okay. iPhone? Tell me what wait, Google wait, said. Wait, wait, wait a second. And by the way, you do know, by the way, that when you sent you told me to look up the Wikipedia entry. Yeah. You you do know that anybody can edit a Wikipedia entry, right? Oh, are you accusing me of doing that? Come on. No, 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 no. But I'm just I'm just saying he's saying anybody... it's not factual all the time. Dude, exactly. come on. Exactly. The guy anybody owned a toy company. Edit. That was my point. He develops toys. I'm Googling who invented the iPhone. And let's see, who's the inventor of the iPhone? The answer is Steve Jobs. So that's nope. the short answer to this stuff. I understand there's a team that develops it, but somebody's got to give them the, that idea. Without, but without the person to actually make it happen, it's so nothing. Some random engineer at Apple deserves the credit for inventing the iPhone? Yeah, because they're the ones well, that, his movie? that did the work. But they're the ones <laughs> that did the work. Wow, all right, all right. I mean, just because, okay, <clears throat> if I came up with an idea for a table, and I had a copper to build it. Can I say that I created that table? Dude, I don't know if you I, ever watched Shark Tank, but this is the whole premise. You come up with an idea, and then you need the support team to help you develop it. The support team deserves credit, but it's not their idea. It's yours. Yeah, but, Steve but, Jobs but, has the patent on but iPhone. You but you didn't do the work to make it happen. I know, but so many products have been developed that way, where somebody has an idea, and then they need help developing it. doesn't mean it's still not their idea. It's like Thomas the said, Thomas Edison had an idea for the light bulb. 
and I then know he made it happen. Yeah, that's, and that's what you great for him. him. You could but call I'm, him an inventor. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not as I'm just not as as liberal with that with that word inventor. Well, he's that not loose with his language, Steve. That would mean in modern times that there is no inventor anymore because almost nobody invents something 100 percent on their own, builds it, develops it. Like it's always a team. Well, the the, the guy who created the Rubik's cube, you mentioned that he did that all. That's on his not own. modern times. I'm talking modern times. If you grow modern up with some, it's the 80s. That's that's still modern times. No, I'm talking like technological modern era. Who invented Facebook? You can't say, uh, what's his face? The Winklevoss twins said. <laughs> the Winklevoss twins did. Well, so there you go, you know. But Not who, Zuckerberg. But Zuckerberg is obviously credited, and he's the one that, even if he took part of the wow. idea from someone, he's the one that turned it into what it is now. He's well, the one that the, invented Facebook. But, his, but, but here's the thing, though. The only reason why he's credited with it is because he wrote those guys a really big check and they were like, okay, we'll take our money. We'll see you later. And then yeah. they went off. And Steve Jobs paid his engineers and Wozniak got his cut. I mean, you know, but still somebody has to he start not this inventing the, process. I, I will die on the hill. It's the engineers <laughs> that create the, that create the product. Wow. All right. Yep. I, I understand yep. what you're saying, but still yeah. somebody's got to give those people the vision. Engineers aren't just coming up with their own ideas at Apple. But, Okay, so let's, let's let's go back to, to Edward Stratton from Silver Spoons. Please. Okay. The toy inventor. I yes. I'm, I'm quite him. sure. I'm quite sure he was not going into the product people and I saying, I thought about this, this, and this, and you guys should create this. This is my idea for for a car that makes it turns into a robot. I think what it was is he owned the company. People created the toys. <laughs> And, and built it. He said, yes, I like this. No, I don't like that. I love that we're debating so then, a fictitious company. A fictitious oh, yeah. Show. It's fun, though. It's good times. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Nick, please step in here. <laughs> oh, are we still on the air right now, dude? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Well, I was right. right, is what Nick said. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay. Dude. Uh, all right. What's our next uh, thing that we wanted to discuss? Because obviously, we're not going to get anywhere on this. Uh, let's see. Should we do a little bizarreness with harness? Yeah, Ooh. I think we should. Okay, let's see here. And now it's bizarreness with harness. Bizarreness Woo! with harness. Steve Harness. It's <laughs> all right, everybody. It's time for bizarreness with harness. That's my last name. Uh, okay, here's the deal, Bruski. Uh, you found a brilliant article that you sent over that is uh, disturbing me. We were talking Ugh. about, well, we just talked today on the show about the fact that women love tall guys, uh, that that's a whole thing in the dating world, even though apparently what you say, 85% of you aren't very tall. Yeah. I did not understand the extent of which, I don't know, men are height obsessed and how. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and you wonder why, if it all has to do with women or. I think it I, all I, starts there. Yes. I sit at a, a 510, which is just, I suppose, average, right? Yes. Yeah. average height and i've never been self-conscious about my height at all and i'm thinking that i don't know how tall are you brewski i'm 5'10 5'11 there about you know whatever but same same height as you yeah you think you would have to be at five six or seven would you be uh, self-conscious it's tough to say because i've never lived in 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 that that yeah. environment where I, I'm at, I'm at that height. So I'd like to say that, that given my personality that I wouldn't feel self-conscious, but I don't know because I've never been, I've never been in that situation as an adult male, yeah. maybe as like a teenager, but not as an adult male. And I'll well, tell you, 
No, go, go ahead. ahead Steve. Well, I was going to say this is a good example of privilege because I've never ever once thought about this, and I'm six foot two, so I don't have to think yeah. about it. So it's a good example of privilege. But when I started dating a few years ago. I had so many women tell me like, oh my gosh, the fact that you're tall is so amazing. And I never even thought about it once. And what do you want to say, Nick? Because then I'll read this article so everyone knows what we're talking about here. I was just going to say that, like, I mean, I have my shortcomings of like my hair is thinning at my age on the on top. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I would rather it not be thin, but I haven't done anything about it. And the story you're about to tell is quite freaking drastic. Right. Isn't okay. it scary yes. as hell? All right. Yes. So let me just read some, some excerpts from this because I had never heard of this. Uh, a Las Vegas cosmetic surgeon who specializes in leg lengthening procedures that can extend people's height by three to six inches told GQ magazine that many of his uh, patients are tech workers. Kevin Dershberg, uh, founder of uh, Limblast X Institute in 2016, and the clinic's uh, business has been booming during the pandemic. Here's how it works. The doctor breaks the patient's femurs, meaning your legs uh, mm. or thigh bones, and inserts metal nails into them that can be adjusted. The nails are extended a tiny bit every day for three months with a magnetic remote control. It can take months to slowly lengthen the bones and for the legs to heal. One software engineer told GQ that he spent the first three months after his surgery alone in his apartment and ordered delivery and in that time, he went from five foot six to five foot nine. The procedure cost anywhere from seventy thousand up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And the article basically goes on to say that this guy is finding that most of his customers are tech workers because they feel that if they're taller, they'll earn more and get promoted more. Which so, is so insane to me, dude. I mean, do you really think that that's true? I I, I can't I can't even I can't even fathom it. Well, and, they, and the pain yeah must go through i mean it says in that article that one of the guys that had it done sat in his apartment for a month trying to get over this all by himself and couldn't do anything at all and and that's uh, yeah not for me dude i wouldn't do it they, they say that and i don't know how true this is but they say that none of the ceos of like fortune 500 companies are under 5'9 or under 5'10 and and I th- and that's one of the things that drives these guys to to do that is because they think that if they're at least five nine that they could possibly rise to that particular position wow. in in a company, which I think is just absolutely nuts and crazy. First of all, I would think that once you're in a company, if you're the short guy, you've already been branded that way and are thought of that way, and no one's going to notice that you subtly grew three inches and then promote you. <laughs> maybe maybe going to a brand new company, there's some perspective, but. I've had this theory forever that women's magazines, you know, put out this false image of what women are supposed to look like, but it's only women reading them. So women are doing it to themselves. They're projecting this image of what they think the guys want. So they put it on each other. And this sounds like the opposite, you know, men in companies that, you know, are so obsessed with women wanting them to be tall that they assume they put it on each other, that you're not tall enough. So you're not powerful enough. And I shouldn't listen to you because women don't want you because you're not tall. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I think it's all put on yourself. I mean, I think it's all a state of mind, to be honest with you. If I'm a short dude and I'm good at business, if that's what I want to get into, like uh, self-deprecation in humor goes a long way. And the self-acknowledgement 
acknowledgement of who you are and uh, what your strengths and weaknesses are. Right. It's the guys I feel like that are uh, putting in uh, shoe wedges to try and be taller. Like that's uh, it's a bit pathetic. And maybe I speak from privilege. I don't know, but I, I think uh, that you're projecting that lack of self-confidence on your yes. you don't feel tall so you're projecting that and maybe that's why you're not getting the promotion because you're projecting some sort of inferiority you know workplaces 100%. are usually especially higher up promotions about what can you bring to the company what can you do to make everyone's life easier what are your qualifications like i can't imagine the upper echelons really give a crap how tall you are as they're promoting you Just i think they care of... how you feel about yourself though 100 percent. just between the three of us Dude, think about this. With all the bosses that we've had that were in higher up positions, can you think of any um, of them off the top of your head that were uh, very attractive? Yeah, no. And no. short, too. Yes. Short, balding, all yeah, that I mean, stuff. Yes. I'll, I'll, yeah, although our most infamous boss, he was very tall, and he, he but he was bald. Yeah, yeah he was bald. Then not a guy that the majority of women women would be like, oh my gosh, she is yeah. something, you know. Yeah. Like, now, Nick, you have an exception. Your boss is tall and good looking, so I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if that's a problem. I am self employed, dude. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about this particular broadcast, but in the other oh. world of radio, <laughs> yes, your yes, boss yes. is a tall, good looking guy. Very, so. very tall. I have a hard time keeping my hands off. Him. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I find I find the psychology behind that to be flawed, that they think that's going to help them get promoted. It's like the power of prayer. Like, it helps you recover quicker. It's not because God's doing something. It's because you have a better mindset. Yeah, if it gives you more confidence, then you're going to perform better. I, I think this is one of the stories. What did we say? Do you need to know this or not with our stories? Yeah. Is news you need? Need to know. yeah. This is something like the uh, the whole Harry Styles spit that we were talking about before. Like, <laughs> you don't need to know about this i mean it's so freaking ridiculous that uh i don't have the bandwidth to give it any of my yeah i didn't know it was cells. a thing i don't understand how are the muscles stretching the extra three inches how is your skin stretching an extra like there's a lot i don't quite understand about it's it, got to be so painful dude they said that they're they have a remote control outside of it that yeah. is like you know uh it's pushing remote. you up and down like that's crazy if yeah. you think about what women did early on with uh what are we putting on brisky what are we corsets yeah of course. Uh, yeah, uh, you know those were those were breaking women's ribs because yeah. that was the style that men wanted. They wanted that that thin waist inside, and I mean, I guess people are willing to go through some bullshit, <laughs> you know, to be desired and yeah. look better, but just to get a leg up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, men, if you're at the upper echelons of a tech company, I bet you're making plenty of money, and no woman gives a crap how tall you are. How do you think Tom Cruise ever gets laid? The guy's like, yes, what, 5'3 yeah. or something? I mean, because <laughs> he's rich and famous. They look the other way. Yeah, so. and if uh, you think it is your height that is keeping you from the powerful position at the tech company, maybe it's time for a change in profession, <laughs> and maybe you're not that great at it, dude. Right. You're sitting in a cubicle all day anyways. Nobody knows. Oh, ma oh, maybe you have a Napoleon complex, and you're just being an asshole. Yeah, people you're don't probably be around dick. You. You're yeah, right. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. All right, so uh, apparently, guys, if you want to be taller, you can, but uh, I would not recommend it. Just uh, get that promotion, make your money, oh, you're doing just fine. How about just be a nice person? I hear women like that too. So yeah, they seem to like good listeners. Some of them, based off our dating experts. So. <laughs> yeah.
All right. On the uh, topic of news you need or not, uh, there are two news stories going on right now. Uh, one of them I, I feel we definitely need, but you guys can tell me. But let me start with the first one. The Queen. The Queen has died. This has been going on for uh, a week or so. And today was the, the actual funeral, though, right? So it's back. It was. Yeah. Yes. So the gentleman, thoughts on the topic. Do we care about the royals? Does it matter? Does this news people need or not? Uh, I care about more than you do. When I told Steve the Queen died, he basically said, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, slow down, bro. I mean, Listen, uh, I, uh, whenever any nice old lady dies, I, I feel bad. I don't like old ladies dying. But do I I don't care about the royals. I never well, have. I never will. I don't get the obsession. They're not real. They're not even in like charge of anything. It's just. Yes, so they are. Gossip crap. No, Steve. they're not. They're yes, not passing they laws. There's a parliament yes. that does that over there. I understand, but it's all influenced by. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. They're dude. not consulting the queen, please. Dude, it's it a is... titular role. It's a name only. No, well, it's really not. Uh, I and I'll tell you what. Like, I don't give a. I don't. I don't give a lot of care to it. But uh, the times that I've uh, been to London, uh, my wife is very much into it and the history uh of the monarchy and it is quite interesting to see how it's happened and how great this particular queen elizabeth the second was uh she was never meant to be queen and it's she did a very good job for her country she well, changed a lot well the, the thing that i'm always taking with, with the queen was that she served in the damn army in world war ii like yes. she was she was she was working on engines on trucks and, uh, and that sort of thing that's and, cool and she, yeah and, <laughs> but, but it doesn't mean the whole world needs okay, to stop but, but, but wait, there's but a lot second. of old ladies that died this week that but, had great backgrounds in their lives okay but c c contrast that with the last douchebag that was our president that had they had his old man write him a get a doctor to write him a note saying he had heel spurs to keep him out of vietnam yeah, you know listen, what I mean? But of she, course, and I don't give a she, shit about she, Trump, but at least he had a real job that actually did things. No. The I'll, Royals, I'll just, what do they do? They don't really do anything. It's just pomp and circumstance. Literally, that's what they are there for. It's really not, Steve. I don't it's, know why you're saying my, that. That's here's, not true here's, here's at other, all. Here's the other part about the Queen, is that during the Battle of Britain, she was in London the entire time as a teenager, Going through all the bombardments, all the bombings, and every night that she she would yeah, she someone should have given her a, a real message. job. You know, maybe she could have been influential. <laughs> Dude, I I, I really <laughs> I don't think that you know. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Come on, right what now. do yeah. the royals really do? They're not actually involved in the government and passing laws, regulations. They're there to set a tone. They're there to be inspirational. They're there for everyone to rally around. Literally, pomp and circumstance is what they're there for. That is not true, dude. I don't know why you keep saying that. I, I, what I'm, laws I, I mean, has the I, queen passed? Here, dude. I'm going to bring on an expert None. for you. Just keep. Yes, they have. <laughs> Just keep talking for one second, okay? So, no, I, I, Steve, I won't. I won't say that. I won't say that they pass any laws. I don't. I won't say that at all. Good, because um, they and, don't. Because exactly, I'm with you on that. But I think that that she meant a lot more to the country than than you're letting on. 
than oh no 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 listen i'm not saying that she didn't mean a lot to them and it's their government and all that and if i was british maybe i would care more about the royals but because of the fact that i'm not british and they don't actually do anything and they're just symbols of the country no i i've never gotten involved in that gossip and drama and all that oh, stuff. So, yeah i don't i don't i don't care about any i'm of not the, cheering the on her death i'm not trying to pile on i know a lot of people have been very mean about her dying and pointing out atrocities that happened under her but, but I'm just saying she's a nice old lady that died. I feel bad for those of you that cared about her. But do we really care? I mean, is that news we really need? Is that really affecting any of our lives? Any more than if Kim Kardashian died today? Oh, I you can know? care less about that. Yes, dude. I'm just you, saying she's a celebrity. That's no, she's she not. She's the queen? She's, she's done that. You know what? You know what Kim Kardashian is? She's basically a fuckhole. That's all she is. That's all she's ever been. Queen? She was a bad example. Uh, if Arnold Schwarzenegger died today, you know, like somebody that we all admire and they've had a, you know, but they're I just admire Arnie. They're just symbols of fame and influence. They're not actually doing anything more than being famous. That's not that's not true, dude. I don't what know do how they you do? can say that. Please have you done me. have you done any research on that? I mean, I've been alive. I've, 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 <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I went to history class. Oh boy! Is there anyone in Did your you just invite room? someone in? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh Please. boy. Please. All right. Dude, would you like to introduce our our next guest? Yes, I would. Are you there, Rachel? Oh. She's connecting. Hold on. All right. Is she going to get on camera? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> are you there, Rachel? Can you hear me? Yes, I've been summoned. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Uh, We are talking about the queen right now and her death. And I thought it would be a nice time to bring you onto the podcast with us just for a quick opinion. Steve, uh, how do you feel about the queen's death and what she meant to the country and how important she was? Right. So as I've been saying, Rachel, I know there are people like you and like my firstborn that love the Royals. And I'm, that's, I, I'm sorry for your loss. That's all good. I'm not glad the queen died. I'm not one of these people piling on her in death. Okay. I'm, I'm sad anytime some nice old lady dies, but my point is that the Royals don't really do anything more than a a titular role in that world over there. They're not actually in the government. They're not actually passing laws. They're just celebrities that are there to set a tone. And that's nice, but I'm not into that. And Nick's saying that the Royals do something involving government. So he's Uh, brought you on to defend. I'm saying that they affect it. I'm saying that uh, they affect it the same way the Kardashians affect things being celebrities. Stop it. Okay, go (laughs) ahead, Rachel. Okay, so England is a constitutional uh, constitutional monarchy. So it has both the the queen. You're right, Steve. It 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 is a titular role or King Charles the Third now. However, um, the queen is. the queen had an audience with um, I think it was generally every Wednesday at tea time with every uh, prime minister, starting with her first prime minister, Winston Churchill, where she helped um, create a steady policy environment behind the scenes. And that's one of the concerns with her loss is that Charles is a lot more volatile and crazy and we don't really know. And he's been very vocal about wanting to shake things up and the queen, you know, they have, um, like us, they had that Boris Johnson guy. They have wild swings in their political leanings, et cetera. But at its heart, the monarchy is the constant. And it's beautiful. So she's a lobbyist. She meets with the real lawmakers and tries to influence them. Or like Kim Kardashian showing up to Trump to try to influence them, right? It's the same kind of thing. 
Yeah. Oh, and that's um, fine. But I'm just saying, like, she's not actually involved in the government. She's not passing laws. But she has much more influence than a Kim Kardashian had, dude. Hey, she got someone out of jail. So I'm just saying, celebrities can influence the lawmakers. And that's what the royals do. That's fine. But but, but, I mean, you're talking about Trump. I mean, how hard is it to change his mind? He's a fucking idiot. That's not the (laughs) point. My point is, she's an influencer. Kim Kardashian is the queen's an influencer. (sighs) I won't use the language. Give me a legal verdict here, Rachel. Is she an influencer or is she not? Number one, let me just say this is very stressful as I'm sitting here writing a brief on (laughs) On real things that matter. Yeah. And my husband says, hurry up. And I said, I need to draw before I appear on Zoom. And he said, it'll be too late. So let me just say, (laughs) I am not well prepared to offer. Just give us the short of it, baby. Okay. Queen's rule. Um, They have cool clothes. They are uh, awesome. And they do take a lot of money from people. And the queen actually did a tremendous amount of good, maybe um, not intentionally at first. But if you will recall, colonialism was rampant in um, the 18th and early 19th centuries. And that has all broken down. And she she showed respect for the, the poor decisions that the previous monarchs had made and um you know she was the first person to go to india um as a uh, reigning monarch as an independent state so um there's a lot of done and um instead of just ruling on high they have created what i think is a very unique system where they have tradition and there's something to be said for tradition don't you think Um, i do do but again you're only nick you're only validating my point no, they are, they are, you said they're, they're, that she was unimportant and she didn't matter. I didn't say oh. she was unimportant and didn't matter. I don't think that quote is in there. I'm saying that they're celebrities. They have a titular role, meaning a name only. They're there to be an influencer. It's the same as another celebrity. They may have a little more access or history behind them. And I know the queen did a lot of great things in her life. That's not the point. The point is it's gossip. It, they're celebrities over there. They don't really have influence in the government. They don't pass laws. They can go and talk to people. I get that. But so can Kim Kardashian. That doesn't mean that she deserves to be lying in state. Let me just say, no, 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 and all no. And here's why. By the way, this is the kind of arguments I have in my household. Yeah, because we talk about this. This is very, um, very important. Um, So you cannot, the, you know, kind of Anglo- history is intermittently tied to um royalty monarchs etc and then you have oh break up i just see brewski on my screen no, oh no he's fine. blinking okay so i mean i know that the kardashians have had a show and they have some new show i've never watched <laughs> a single episode um Thank and they you. do a lot of commercials um, I don't think that anybody could count the number of um, important critical literature. Going to Shakespeare, how much of Shakespeare was about royalty and the ongoings of um, the the English crown, um, the Pope, Romans, etc. The religious history is involved in all of that. This no one yeah. is writing 
tomes that will be looked at in centuries from now about Kim Kardashian and her fake plastic surgery and her yeah. inability to stay married. I have a whole yes. book of poems written about Kim Kardashian. So <laughs> I, I don't appreciate that, but no, listen, I, I totally understand what you're saying. She's led, you know, she did a lot of important things. She's probably a, a, a better role model or influencer than most, but let me ask you a question, Rachel, if our president and vice president were killed right now, what would that do to the state of our government? Would it keep functioning? Well, I mean, it we'd should. have to replace them and we have to go through a whole thing because we need those roles filled. Correct. Yeah, we need those roles filled. Um, my only hesitancy is that our democracy has been so utterly destroyed that I don't think we know what happens now. Uh, Counselor, yeah. please stick to the point here. I'm asking you. Directly. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have to be replaced? Yes. What would happen if the queen, the king, the the princes, if they all vanished off the place of the face of the earth, would the British government still be functioning? Not, not as it, well. Not in its. Um, <laughs> Come on, legal question. Would it still be functioning? Yes, of course it would be. Nobody, be nobody in the government not, was lost. According to and and let me also just say, um, <laughs> I actually think that there have been two presidents that did not have vice presidents. Um, so you're not entirely correct. I'm gonna have to Google um, that one for the whole term. Yeah. They didn't have a vice president. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when Kennedy got killed and Lyndon Johnson came. He didn't get a vice president until there was the next election and then somebody else. Yeah, but the um, Speaker of the House Jackson would have stepped Johnson. in formally. We can't just leave these things vacant. Someone steps in. There's a hierarchy. It's just like what's happening right now, dude. With no, that's my point. <laughs> that's yeah. titular. They replaced him for the pomp and circumstance. The government didn't need that role filled in order to keep functioning. If our president dies, you have to fill the vacancy. They have to fill it there as well, dude. I'm just saying, <laughs> listen, it has to be filled. It's always been filled. It'll continue to be filled. And uh, there is a line of succession with uh, the queen, the king. I mean, it, here we are, dude. You just don't care about it because it's not part of your world. And you know what? It's not really part of my world either. But I know that Neo cares about it. Yeah. I know that uh, I'm not trying Rachel to take it away. About it. Exactly. I'm not and I know that the ratings of Princess Diana dying and how many people woke up to see her funeral. There's a the, worldwide people care about it, dude. Yes. And it's not because she's Kim Kardashian. I'm telling you, humanitarians. What happens every time a celebrity dies? Everyone cares all of a sudden. So the royals are just care. celebrities. That's that's all they are. They have no other Barack Obama people... celebrity. Well, he had a real job, though. <laughs> a constitutionally designated role that we elected him to. And if he had died, somebody would have to step in or our government can't continue to function. Not saying they're the exact same dude as the government, but I'm saying that they. Well, but this is my point that they're not real government officials. Like, so they're just gossip and it's gossip I don't care about. So I feel bad for Rachel and for Neo, for those that care. I feel bad anytime a nice old lady dies. I'm just saying, this isn't really news we need, per se, because your life will be fine whether she's alive or not. God, the so interesting right. thing is, do you know that this um, her funeral was the most widely viewed? I mean, I can't remember what the statistic is, but um, basically the entire world watched because it has it. such yeah. import on the world and the constancy it, yes. of British policy and procedure Etc. And totally I'm no um, scholar of how the you know British um, Parliament works, but um, I I just will say that you know Nick's after he gets off today, his job is to he got to pick between the Crown 
or the tutors. <laughs> and we're starting with the tutors. And he finally oh. was asking this morning, he said, oh, that's fascinating. That has to do with religion and it's all linked. This is this is why you watch that stuff. And I said, yes. And so Nick is going to turn into Neo and me. Well, I also find the Tony Danza show fascinating, so don't get too excited. You're making my point, though, that this is a TV show that everyone's enjoying, basically. Like, it's not real government. It's entertainment. All right. Well, we've gotten uh, an expert's view on this, (laughs) and we appreciate your opinion, Steve. Rachel, Uh, I appreciate you subjecting yourself to this. So thank you for dropping actual important things to come talk about the uh, gossip of the uh, Brits. Thank you so much. Okay, let me just say, yeah. next time you guys call me in, make sure it's something I'm not just a fan of, an actual expert. Because this was hard. But uh, I go, bet. Well, it's hey, not trust me. Be easy. One of these God days, we're going to have you as a guest to discuss some other legal issues once we've cleared other topics up. So we'll we'll have you on for some real hard-hitting information. Since Rachel is a lawyer, if we didn't point that out to anyone. Oh, yeah, yeah I she's my wife, too. Just so oh, you that know. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not um, par- impartial. She's she, she represents her clients, um, yes. but that's another story for another time. Exactly. Um, God save the king. All right, <laughs> thank you, Rachel. We appreciate right. it. Love you, baby. Thank you. Bye. I'm pretty there sure you go, that... dude. That's what I was trying to tell you. <laughs> you're, 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 you're making my point. I get that a lot of people care about it. That wasn't my point. My whole point was I get that some of you do, but a lot of us don't because it's just gossip. It's not a real thing. It's not as if the head of state, the literal head of their government, died. But a lot of people think, and by the way, most people don't know this. You understand that most people think that the queen and the king actually yes. run that country, right? Yes, I so, understand. Yeah. But do you think Halliburton makes laws? Do you think that... Uh, You're making well, my point again. She's just a lobbyist. That's all. <laughs> well, even if she's a lobbyist, she's a very powerful lobbyist. That's too. fine. And Kim Kardashian got a woman released from prison, so she's oh, a powerful some, lobbyist, some too. Oh, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian's, she's dude. Fucking, You're killing me. She's a fuckhole. That's all she is. <laughs> That's the point well, I'm Bruce trying King. to make, that some she's celebrities are influential doesn't mean we should be <laughs> I don't holding care if she's somebody's daughter. <laughs> Bruce, he's <laughs> crabby today, dude. No, are I'm not crabby. crabby. Listen. No. There's a new commercial that's on TV, and I want to know if you guys have seen it because it's the greatest thing ever, and I can't stop fucking talking about it. Have you seen the new Shingles commercial (laughs) where uh, it's like, uh, you want to play golf? Shingles doesn't care. You want to go on a date? Shingles doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) So I'm just telling everybody that uh, from now on, when I don't know what else to say, Shingles doesn't fucking care, okay? Shingles does not care that the queen just died, okay? No, she doesn't. I thought you were going to talk about like roofing. Oh no 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 no! Shingles in uh, you know the, the, the disease. disease. Oh, yeah, 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 the virus. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> All right, guys, we got one last thing to discuss, and then we got to wrap the show up, or it's going to become a two-parter. So, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this in the news today. I'm just going to declare right ahead of it that yeah, we need to know this and hear this. Okay. You know that Biden told everyone yesterday that the pandemic is over. Not heard. Yeah. I haven't heard that. Have you, Brisky? I, I I read that he said that. I don't agree. Why is this not making bigger news? The, the the president, whether he's right or wrong, and let me read his exact quote because I don't want to be uh, misleading because he's not trying to say it's no more concern, but he said. This quote, was yesterday? Yeah. Yes. The, okay. uh, it he was. was at a press event or maybe it was a CBS interview. Yeah, he's doing a segment on 60 Minutes. He said the quote. Scott Pelley, I think, yeah. He said the pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it, but the pandemic is over. I've been waiting two and a half years to hear somebody in a, in a control say that. 
And I know Trump tried to say it on day one, but we, you know, I'm talking like we're two and a half years into this. And the president just said, pandemic's over, everyone. Do you believe it? Well, looking around my life, it's quite obvious that the that COVID is not as deadly as it used to be. It's not. We don't have this problem of it overwhelming hospitals and spreading like wildfire. It's now seems to have become what we at the beginning wanted it to be some sort of manageable, you know, a flu-like disease floating around that, yeah, it's contagious and yeah, it's going to suck if you get it, but you're probably not going to die. And we have vaccines and treatments. And so just like the flu's not gone, COVID's not gone, but to call it a pandemic does seem to be over. And now the president who does choose his words wisely and would have backed off it by now, if he misspoke, Mm. just told us all pandemic's over everyone. Yeah, and I, th- I think to your point, Steve, I think that when we're speaking of the pandemic, I think that it's not just the disease, but everything that surrounds it and how it's affected our lives. Yeah. And I think that's that's what the president was saying, is that, that as much as we want to want everything to be back to normal, I think he's saying that we are at that point. Not that the disease is completely gone, but yeah. that we can move on and, and our lives can be as normal as it possibly can be in a covid world yeah don't we find that exciting dude i what? haven't heard it i, I mean, mean that's crazy this is major news yeah give us yeah. a little fanfare dude <laughs> the pandemic is over people good crazy. oh my gosh dude that took a long time that was a long couple of years dude uh life-changing right. years for everyone involved whether they lived or died they knew people who died their lives were affected yeah uh, i don't know why that's yeah. not all over the news right now i honestly i'm not a guy who completely stays out of the news by any stretch of the imagination i haven't heard that I, I have it. I saw this one article and just thought, like, why is this not being talked about more? And it's a problem for Fox News because they've been saying it's over for years. So they can't now defute or refute Biden saying it's over because they want it to be over. So I, I don't know why it's not making bigger news, but now we're telling the masses the pandemic is fucking over. I so think that's a major, major historical milestone. I, Along- I think that Go ahead, I think that interview is supposed to air this coming Sunday. Uh, it'll, and I believe once that does air on 60 Minutes, I think at that point there, that's when you're going to really see the, the actual reaction for it. Yeah, well, well let's wait and see. Because, yeah, Fox yeah. News should be all for this. Finally. Well, how long do you think it, it it will take for Fox News to be against this and talk about how irresponsible it is that right. he made the statement? Do you think that'll happen? Yeah, they're probably not going to become the pro, you know, COVID. Like, no, the pandemic's not over, everyone. We should be taking this seriously. That's yeah. what Fox News always is. They're on the other side of whatever, you know, the liberals yes. or logic is telling us all. So for I wouldn't sure. be surprised if that happens. But I'll be curious to see how the Tuckers and the Hannity's deal with this, because this is a declaration we all want. Yes. So, yeah. Pandemic's over. Okay. Let's let's call it good, dude. I'm out and about once again. <laughs> I have a uh you know what? This is interesting because I have a doctor's appointment sometime this week and uh my doctor set this up and it's for people who are on uh, who are immunocompromised or on medication who make them that way. And it is a consultation with a doctor about this new medication that they're giving to people who are on these medications that is some sort of therapy for it. So it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, I'm going to tell them pandemic's over. I don't know why we're having this conversation, dude. I, right. I mean, unless it's still, have you seen the death rates of COVID lately? 
I, I have not. COVID no. Specific. No. I mean, we don't see those anymore. I guess it's just. Which tells me it's not newsworthy. They're down. It's low. So that's good. That's what we all wanted. Someone yeah. said this to me at work the other day. I guess the pandemic's over. I'm like, yeah, that's what we've all been striving for, to get it to the point where it's manageable. And it seems like that's where we're at. It seems like that's where we're at. If Biden says it, I mean, like you said, he chooses his words wisely and uh, doesn't just speak off the cuff like well, other people. And uh, yeah, there's got to be something behind it. Well, so I just Googled uh, COVID death, COVID yeah. death rate. And on as of September 18th, 2022, there were zero deaths and the seven day average was one. Well, so there you go. Is that worldwide or country? Country, I'm sure. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, okay. but that's that's fine. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. You know, and like he said, it doesn't mean that COVID is gone and there's not some issue still. It's like any other highly contagious sort of virus. Sure. But yeah, death rates are down to non-existent apparently. And we're on to monkeypox, dude. Right. Oh so, my gosh. This is something no we should all be like rallying around and like cheering, like a historical pandemic historic yeah. pandemic is now over. Yes, one hundred percent, dude. Initiating <laughs> shutdown sequence. <laughs> All right. Was that you or is that Zoom yelling at us? Uh, I think that they're just trying to end the vocal minority podcast. Initiating shutdown sequence. We do need to wrap it up. Here's the deal, everyone out there. Uh, The podcast is live. It's all over all the major websites. Some of you have been finding it, but those of you that have, please do us a favor and help spread the good word. Uh, everything's on YouTube, all the video that we've been filming here, all the episodes, some interviews, some highlights, it's all on YouTube and on all the social media, all that stuff, just search out the vocal minority, Nick and Steve and, uh, find it. And if you're listening, we thank you and help us spread the good word so we can build this thing up. This is the last show for perhaps ever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's been, well, I mean, we'll be back, dude, for sure. I mean, we'll our be goal back is next to week. do this once a week, right? right? That's how we're doing this? Yeah, we're starting off once a week. And as uh, the audience builds, the show will build. And we'll do it more frequently. But, yeah, we're in this weird stage where we're putting out all this good content. But it's just sitting there because no one knows it. And uh, Although it's funny. You know, I've got this map. It shows me who's listening to the actual podcast, not YouTube. But we had talked about the fact that the show originated in Seattle and we were syndicated into Wichita and the Baltimore, Maryland area. And those are where our listeners are right now. For some reason, Northern California. And then we have listeners in Seattle, Wichita, and Baltimore. Like these are people that have apparently found us. That yeah. remember that's us from the old Bursky. Isn't that that's crazy? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we have two international listeners. We have somebody that just came up in Vancouver, British Columbia, and okay. uh, Belgium. Belgium. Somebody yeah. in Belgium is listening we're to us. We're huge in Belgium. <laughs> right? Yes, just like are, singles, dude. man. We're, we're breaking big in Belgium right now. Literally, yeah. we are. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're yeah. live. It's out there. Help spread the good word. Find us on social media. Uh, TheVocalMinority.net is our current website because the other one never okay. got launched. So, if you go there, we've got links to everything. And, uh, you know, help us spread the good word. It's back. I, yeah. I was uh, out of town all last week, and uh, Steve has been working uh f- Seriously, and I appreciate uh, all the hard work that you put into the show to get us up on the platforms and everything else. Thanks, Steve. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a labor of love and keeping me uh, from, uh, you know, spiraling into darkness. So I've been (laughs) doing a lot of editing, learning a lot about TikTok. I spelled our name wrong on TikTok. I'm sorry about that. I, I hit save and then they only let you change your name every 30 days. So I had to, I fucking switched the I and the R in minority. So. 
so nah. funny, dude. It's all there. I'll change it in 27 days. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can still find us. The main page is spelled correctly. Just our handle is spelled wrong. So, yeah. uh, thank you for your diligence and hard work this past week, Brewski, of looking things up and finding articles. You guys uh, stepped in and did great. I appreciate it. Yep. All right, champions. We appreciate you all listening. And, uh, oh, now you are a champion. Oh, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yes. Until next time. Peace, peace. Welcome, minority. 9-19-2022. Done. That was lovely. This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.